Welcome back, everyone. It is episode number 59 of Thirst and Goal. Ben is across the table from me wearing his Steelers gear as usual. You also have your uh, University at Buffalo yes, sweater on. You'll see that <laughs> multiple times on our Instagram. Ben loves that sweater. I love my and, UB Bulls. Uh, I am Franny. Sonia is uh, having a little... Ladies night, a little soiree of yes, sorts. Exactly. What is it? it was Galentine's, Galentine's Day. Day. Galentine's Day. So she gets the ladies together and they do something fun, some crafts that they do every single year. And so maybe she'll be on the podcast later, you know, once that all wraps up. But Ben, how was your week? My week was long, but it was a good <laughs> week. I mean, it was a good week. I mean, it's well, uh, Monday. You were asking me, is it Saturday? Yeah. So, you know, it's good to be employed, but it's not <laughs> always good to be employed. It's just fun. Uh, doing it, was a, it was a long week. Yeah. It, it's always fun to do these shows. And the longer the week, the more painful the week, <laughs> the more we look forward uh, to doing these shows, especially when you're on the road for an hour and a half to work, you know, each way <laughs> when Friday's letting me know that he had a nine minute commute. And yeah. I am still sitting Terrible. in the car an Terrible. hour and 20 minutes after I left my office. Without traffic, it's about seven. With traffic, nine. But it does give me an opportunity to listen to all the NFL podcasts that, that I is can true. ever desire. That is true, Ben. So that's a plus. <laughs> what are you drinking, though, Ben? What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a little bit of the Mashtel Croatian gin. It is. Uh, this was a beautiful ceramic bottle that Frane brought back. From Nin. From Croatia. From Nin- Nirzadar. Exactly. From, <laughs> I believe it was your neighbor that gifted this. It was Yura, yeah. And uh, it's been really, really good. I haven't been able to finish this bottle, so I've polished off the co- uh, Copper and King's Moons, Moons of, of Jupiter. Jupiter gin last week. Finally, was supposed to pick me up a bottle of gin I co- you tonight. Have to rem- you have to remind me. I had a That's long true. shopping list That's true. before I came over. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but this Mash Tells is very, very good product of Croatia. It's a really interesting gin. It's an easy drinking gin. The you flavor, won't find it anywhere in the stores over here. Maybe eventually they'll get big enough. Where yeah, you uh, definitely won't find it over here. Yeah, I mean it was really, really, really good, and I, uh, I thoroughly have enjoyed it thus far. I've got about a quarter of that bottle left, and I can't wait to finish it off. Ronnie, what about you? What are you drinking over there? Uh, tonight, Ben, I am continuing to drink that uh, the Jack Rye. That we weren't huge fans of, just sipping on on ice or sipping it neat, actually. Uh, but with Coke, it tastes great, and you know I'm, I'm drinking that. And uh, the bottle is, uh, yeah, it's about halfway through, so you know I'll be finishing that up pretty soon. Get that bottle kill, and I'll move on to a different rye. Yeah, you were drinking the Jim Beam rye there for a minute, I think, before this. A little bit, I think, better than the Jack Daniels offering. It wasn't. It just had a you know, little bit more complexity, a little bit more flavor, uh, and it wasn't as sweet too. You know, I don't like a lot of sweetness with uh, with my rye, and this sort of tastes like Jack. With, and they, they kind of forced the rye flavor into it, so you know it's good. You know, don't get me wrong, I like my Jack Daniels, but uh, you know, I, I'll definitely be sipping on something else yes. pretty soon. Jack and Coke, Jack and Coke, Jack and Coke. <laughs> All right, Friday, what are we going to talk about tonight? All right, tonight, Ben, on the big board, we have uh, XFL Week One. Although we did have part of week two yeah, that's true. already this yeah, yeah, week. Yeah, that's true. We have our shout outs to our fellow podcasters out there. We have our NFL news and our feel good story. 
Yeah, gotta you throw love, that in there. You love that feel good Not story. Not everyone is Antonio Brown. There's some <laughs> good people out there. And we also have our tag team news, our thirst and goal news, Eagles news, Seahawks news, and Steelers news. We also have some housekeeping. We're going to talk a little bit about All or Nothing on Amazon Video. It's uh, sort of a documentary uh, into the Eagles season, uh, which is which has been fun so far. I've gotten a little bit further along than you have been, but we'll talk about at least the the first two episodes. I'm about at four right now, but we'll we'll talk about those. I'm sure next week we have our betting corner. Ben, you made some bets. I did on the XFL. Fortunately or unfortunately, yeah. as the case may be, <laughs> you're trying though. I'm trying. I am trying. And uh, possibly we'll uh, sneak in our cognac taste test. We'll we'll, we'll see if we can get that in. If not this week, we'll do it next week for sure uh, because we have five cognacs on the board and uh, we'll do a taste test on those. We have our shot of the week. Happy Valentine's Day, Ben, to you. Happy Valentine's. He's rubbing my leg under the table (laughs) because it is Valentine's Day weekend. Really long arm. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so happy Valentine's Day to everyone out there and all of your, your loved ones as well. And it is a Valentine's Day shot. They're very pretty. You'll be able to see that on Twitter and also on Instagram. We have our Brown of the Week. Me and Ben were really excited to try this. It is the Russell's Reserve Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, aged 10 years. We also have our Beer of the Week, uh, which is from France. Since we're doing a cognac taste test, we figured why not throw in a French beer in there as well and you know even if we don't get to that taste test well at least try a french beer i was shocked to learn that they made beer in france there are a few there i mean we did try one on the show in the past and it was it was okay it was all right. I don't remember that. It one. was like the Jolene or something. I can't. Oh, remember. that's right. That's yeah, right. We that's had right. that one. It was. It was okay. Yeah, nothing spectacular. And then we also have our housekeeping to finish up the show. Yes, yes, yes. If you're listening out there, if you're listening right now, thank you, thank you all so much. Uh, please consider if you're with us tonight. Please consider heading over to our website, thirstinggold.buzzsprout.com, or search Thirsting Gold Podcast on the web. And please consider subscribing to our show. Please also, if you have a friend, a relative, a pet, <laughs> a coworker, anyone that you believe would also like the show, please let them know about our podcast. Please grab their phone away from them. Get their podcatcher open on their app and subscribe. Or download for the them. app. Or download the app for them and subscribe to our show. We'd really, really appreciate it. So thank you all so much for listening. Yes, Friday, thank you. What's thank you. First up on the big board. First up on the big board, Ben, is XFL week one and half of week two since we had two games today. That's true. And Franny, are you still liking it as much as you did last week? That is the question. Well, I can't say I loved it even last week. Uh, I was impressed by it. It was better than the AAF. You know, the the talent, the quality of the players uh, is better. Uh, the presentation is also better. It's more fun to watch than the AAF. Uh, the rules are better than the AAF. And there are some rules that the NFL might adopt eventually. Yeah, and I think the games last week, we had the LA Wildcats at the Houston Roughnecks. Houston Roughnecks taking it 37-17 to over our LA Wildcats. Mm-hmm. Uh, DC Defenders over the Sea Dra- over the Seattle Sea Dragons, thirty-one. <laughs> They're just the dragons. Nineteen, just oh, just the Seattle Dragons. <laughs> yeah, there's no C in this one. And this week we had the New York Guardians losing to the DC Defenders, twenty-seven to nothing. It is not good times in New York City if you're an XFL fan. And well, they're, the, they're used to it. That's watching true. the Giants the last uh, and the Jets. 
five seasons or in the Jets That's as well. True. I almost forget that the Jets are, exist. Maybe MetLife <laughs> is cursed. Uh, we also had the Seattle Dragons. Oh, a comeback this week. 17 to nine over the Tampa Bay Vipers. Finally mentioned had I bet on any of the XFL games and I did in fact bet on the Tampa Bay Vipers who were favored by a point in that game. Uh, but Franny, what were your uh, what were your thoughts about the game, or at least the games you watched today, or the game you watched today? You know, I watched a little bit of a, of the Defenders game. Um, uh, you know, Cardell Jones, he's, he seems he's, he seems like he's pretty comfortable uh, playing there, and and For you sure. know, he, he might get a shot in the NFL if he continues to play this well. I mean, last week he also had a pretty decent game. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a blowout pretty quickly and I had some other errands to run. So I wasn't able to watch most of this game and at 27, nothing, there wasn't much to watch. Um, but I did watch a little bit of the second game, a little more of the second game. Um, and it was actually, it was, it was fairly fun to watch. I mean, you know, we can't, this is a semi pro league. Ultimately, you know, this is on the semi. Yeah, <laughs> it is a semi pro league. There are some good players out there, but there are some players that just wouldn't cut it in the NFL. So you have to take it for what it is, really. Um, there's a reason why we watch the NFL. There's a reason why we watch the NBA, not the G League. There's a reason why we watch the NHL whenever we do watch hockey and not, you know, the Czech League um, or, you know, even the MLB. I don't really care for baseball too much, but if I'm going to watch know. the best, I'm going to watch the MLB. So. You have to take it for what it is, and uh, at least the second game had a little bit more excitement, and I was happy to see that the stadium was at least halfway full. And uh, like I said, I mean, last week, uh, I think this league will definitely find more success in the AAF. It's really starting to find traction. A lot of people on social media are talking about it, so that's, yeah, that's a good sure. thing. And the, and the betting has been fast and furious. Uh, they're really, really playing up the betting angle of these games. They have the lines there, you know, in the, not only... On the video, uh, on the television broadcast, they also have the lines in the stadium, uh, so you can bet if it's legal in your state. You can bet as you're watching the game, and they had a lot of a lot of in-game props, quarters betting, half betting. So they're really trying to to take that betting angle, sort of get out in front of that. The NFL will probably be doing that, but they'll put their toes in the water a little bit more slowly than the XFL will. Uh, but I, I mean, I thought the games were. Did you, Far, I mean, did you watch? Yeah, I watched a little, watch bit, a little of bit of the the Vipers and the Sea Dragons, the, which was the, a late, the, the Seattle Dragons. The no, Seattle, no sorry, sea dragons. I, don't know I keep calling them the because Sea Dragons. Because you're so used to the Seahawks, uh, the, you know the Seattle uh, Dragons. Two yeah. words: uh, the Seattle Dragons versus the Tampa Bay Vipers. I watched a little bit of that. Uh, you know, I really, I mean, I think that the Friday was spot on last week. the The play is much, much, much better than the AAF, uh, even during the the height of the sea, uh, the height of their. Which was like week one. Yeah, which was like week one. And, and, and actually, my understanding is that the viewership stayed up this week, you know, yeah. somewhere between three million to three and a half million. And I wouldn't be surprised if they get more. You know, I mean, it, I'm sure with the social media presence and just people talking about the league, uh, more people will tune in. More people will go to the games, especially if it's the right price. People are going to show up to the games, you know, have a few drinks and, and um, you know, have fun with your buddies. I mean, the, you know, the tickets aren't as high i'm sure as they are in the nfl i haven't looked at what they are for the wildcats games but i'm sure the wildcats fill up that stadium as much as the chargers do oh, oh. <laughs> for sure for sure philip rivers oh boy oh boy oh boy uh but yeah i mean i really like i mean i, I continue to really like the kickoff rules i love 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 and we'll talk about this a little bit more when we answer our listener questions later in the show we i really like the transparency on the overtime you know, mm-hmm. being able to see what people are saying, how they're discussing the overtime, be able to see what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it's, I continue to believe 
to this day that it's ridiculous that the NFL has to rely on the television broadcast for its replay video. There's mm-hmm. there's no excuse for them and not you, to have their actually, own video. On one of the replays in in one of the games, it was I think it was the second game uh, with with the Dragons. There was a fumble, and they went up to the booth and they actually showed. You know the 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 refs up in the booth yep. looking at it. And you can hear their commentary, yep. which was nice to hear their commentary and their thought process. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, so that's great. That's something that the NFL should also do. Never because they just go to the what's his face, uh, the guy that's the god of referees um, that basically makes the decision yeah. for everything. Oh, it'll come to me. Yeah, I can't remember his name right now, but you know, it seems like he's the no. All and yeah, all yeah. of 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 in New York, yeah, exactly, and 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 I, I like the fact that it is transparent, like you said, man. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think that's something that the NFL will have to adopt. I don't know if they will. Heard a great quote this week, which is escaping me at the moment, but essentially, controversy breeds, you know, eyes and ratings. I mean, and I think that's why the NFL doesn't want to change because we're discussing it every play that's a controversy. They talk about it on ESPN. Skip and Shannon talk about it, and they talk about it in the morning on. Colin Cowherd all over the NFL Skip. network. Skip. Skip. But they just it, Ben. Ben. Is that, that yeah, that's how he talks. Um and I also like the the pace of play. I mean the pace of play yeah, seemed a little fast. bit faster. Uh, depending on the broadcast that you get, it seems like just everyone has an open mic on one of the broadcasts yeah. where they're just sort of I mean, listening I, to what anybody is saying at any random moment exactly. during and the game. They have like Pat interviews. McAfee's running around like interviews he's on burning the field. 600 calories every yeah. every 30 minutes on that show, just running around the stadium. Interviews like, why'd you throw the interception? Yeah, yeah, yeah well, exactly. you know, I mean, you know, it's, it, in the NFL, I don't think they would ever do that, oh, but it's, God, it's no. interesting to see the player's perspective after something terrible happens. Yeah, it just sure. makes it a little bit more fun for the viewer. And I like hearing, I mean, I actually like hearing that the, you can get a much crisper audio from the quarterback and the, the players in the huddle. Mm. And I think everyone on the offense and the defense has a microphone or a, a audio in their helmet mm-hmm. rather than just one player on defense, one player on offense. I'm not sure why the NFL has limited it to just a single player. Uh, the, you know, someone was talking this week on one of the shows I listened to about, you know, how do you adjust your play calling week to week since you know your opponent heard all of your play calls the week before that. Yeah. Uh, um, so maybe it's not as complex as as we think it is because they clearly have to change uh, the play call or the, the how they're referring to the to the plays the following week, and it can't just be changing left to right or right to left. There has to be more to it than that. And, I mean, I just, I really, I, the only thing I didn't like, I still don't like that clunky, timing at the end of the game the mm. last two minutes of the game to where where the, it just seems like it's a little clunky in terms of the you know stopping the clock rolling the clock back uh in the last two minutes because of the the timing rules in the last two minutes but i think they'll clean that up mm. you know i really liked it i mean i bet on the the vipers today because i thought flowers was actually going to have a good game but he did not in fact have a good game did he get hurt in that game i don't even know he's uh three for seven for 18 yards, so I don't know if he got yanked I or, probably got or yanked. if uh, Pro- probably I'm guessing that's that's probably what happened because there was already a little bit of controversy yeah, in the Matt league. McGloin. Matt McGloin in think, the game, I think, uh, he got yanked. I I, I think uh, he's the uh, the Guardians yeah. uh, quarterback. I think he got he got yanked. There's already drama just like there. Oakland yanked him too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I mean, so far I like it. I will definitely watch a full game tomorrow. I think it's the Dallas Renegades at the L.A. Wildcats. I might might watch that one only because I have a rooting interest in the Wildcats, and I'm also rooting against anything Dallas. (laughs) That's for sure. No (laughs) doubt about that. And the St. Louis Battlehawks 
at the Houston Roughnecks. I may have I have a wager on that game as well. Try to make my money back from this ridiculous display by the Tampa Bay Vipers. <laughs> um, but yeah, so far, so far, yeah. I like it, and I like the kickoff rule. I mean, we talked about a little bit. We, Love we, the kickoff. We, we, we the touched rule. on it a little bit last week. Um, it, it is definitely safer for the players. Uh, you know, it, they're just lined up five yards off of each other, and and they can't rush. You know, the receiver until he actually catches the ball. So that is definitely a lot safer for the players to reduce concussions. And, and you know, because concussions happen. Uh, more often on you know on kickoffs than at any other, t- other time in yep. the game in the NFL. So uh, I, I think it's a great rule, and there's potential for you know runbacks because you know it's basically the line is right there. You don't have guys lined up you know twenty or thirty yards back. It's it's there. It, everything happens within that little five yard pocket. Yeah, and same for the punt. I mean, it it. I mean, granted, you can't get a nice wedge set down, but it does encourage runbacks, mm-hmm. which is something that the NFL. You know, I mean, there there aren't a ton of returns, especially on kickoffs. I mean, typically it goes out through the end zone or mm-hmm. near the end zone. They let it bounce out. But I think they should change the rule. And I also talked about this last week um, for the extra point. I, I think there should be I an option. Extra point. I think there should be an option to kick it, but from further back, some from forty yards. You know, and, and sixty and yards, not that far. But you know, forty <laughs> yards, I think, is just these guys about, can't kick at forty yards. Exactly. That's that's why it's difficult. You know, and and so the coach in their mind after a touchdown, they're thinking, is is my kicker good enough to kick a forty yard field goal? Uh, because all of the stadiums are outdoors. There's no indoor stadium where you know one team has the advantage. So I, I think it's a good idea to give them a chance to kick it because this is basically played in the winter. Uh, you know, in Seattle, the weather's not always the greatest between, you know, February and April. And, and yeah, Dallas is not bad. LA is not bad. But in New York, you know, yeah. the, the, the weather's not always that great. So that extra point is not, you know, like a free throw in the NBA. It's not, you know, just a simple kick, especially with these kickers. Friday's bring back the kicking game. Just, just one. An just option. Give an option. The kicking game option. Yeah. Uh, and they also, has anyone tried the three pointer yet, as far as you know, back from the 10 yard line, which I, I'm interested to see how uh, that one turns out. I don't know, but I know, uh, the three points, I think from the, the, the two points from the five yard line, it hasn't worked out, uh, that well for a lot of teams. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think most teams will go for the single, ex- the single point. Uh, but I'm really, I'm really interested to see how the third, how uh, going for the three pointer from the ten yard line. That's kind of no man's land out there. Really difficult to call plays from the ten yard line into the end zone. Mm-hmm. But as teams, you know, are are further behind in the game and they're trying to catch up, I'd be really interested to see how that plays out. And I do think the NFL maybe shouldn't adopt the you know one point, two point, three point rule. But they should have some, you know, something. To maybe, maybe that two point conversion mix up that two point conversion a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, so I do like a, some of these rules, especially as Franny mentioned, the kick and the punt rule. Uh, I think that's really something the NFL probably should have done a long time ago. Yeah, you know, they're trying to save people from these violent collisions on the kickoffs. Their solution to move the, the to move the kicking spot up, I think, led to just sort of perfunctory plays that they goes out of the end zone. You know, you get a commercial and then you come back and they're starting from the 20 yard line or yeah. 25 yard line. So I'd like to see, you know, some version of that in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Franny. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have a shout out or shout outs 
to our fellow, po- fellow podcasters. Yeah, we have a lot of NFL, independent NFL podcasters out there, and we encourage all of you to check these shows out. They are going to be running promos for us. We are going to be running promos for them. This is There's no cash exchange here. This is just shows that we like and shows that like us. So we're trying to drive some listeners to them, and they're trying to drive some listeners to us. So please, please, please support all of these folks. I know you have the ringer. I know you have around the NFL. I know you have the pick six podcast to choose from out there, but there are a lot of really, really great independent NFL podcasters out there doing it for the love of the game, the love of the sport. So we just want to shout out a few of them and we'll be right back with a couple shout outs. Sports opinions with a side of satire. We're the first and tens, a weekly show delivering the spiciest opinions on football, life, and especially each other. And we can do that because we've been best friends for so long. Mm-hmm. I'm Amy. And I'm Jasmine. First and tens will bring you sports from the female perspective while also injecting pop culture, fashion, and music into our daring dialogue. We're saucy, edgy, and most of all, we, we think, think we're, we're funny, funny AF. First and tens, light on stats, heavy on sass. Follow us at firstintenspodcast.com. Yeah, that's first and tens podcast. These gals are freaking awesome. They are heavy on the sass. They sold themselves short right there. This show is amazing. Uh, they do a show multiple times a week, at least, I think they do it at least twice a week. This is a really, really, really great show with Amy Voss and Jasmine Sandry. They take all, they talk all things NFL with a no holds barred attitude. Our animal lovers, which is why I was hoping Sonya would be here for this. They are really, yeah. really. Sonya's our female perspective yeah, exactly. on the game. So we also, first and tens, we also have a female or woman perspective on our show. Uh, they run, yeah. and they also run their own super competitive all women fantasy football league. And they, got, uh, they have a nice setup. Oh, they have a so great they, setup. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they have like that that sort of uh, green screen. I don't know if it's a green screen behind them, but it, it looks pretty cool. I mean, because I you know I follow them on Instagram, and it, it, they have they have a really nice setup there wherever they're doing it. Oh, I think they're down in Dallas, outside oh, Dallas, God. Texas. Cowboys fans again. Yeah, they are. Uh, da- I think one's a cowboy fan. I think one. Um, not a, maybe a Seattle fan. I'm not sure. Uh, I should, I should know, uh but I don't. Uh, but there's at least one Dallas Cowboy fan on the show, but you won't be disappointed if you check this show out. They are freaking awesome. You can find them at firstand10podcast.com and on Twitter at firstand10s. That's one S T A N D one zero S. Uh, that's their Twitter account. And we'll be right back with one more. I'm Daniel and I'm Adam. Welcome to the Goal Line Fade Podcast. Join us each week as we talk all things NFL. Whether it's news, fantasy football, or game breakdowns during the year, or deep dives into the draft, free agency, and predictions going into the offseason, we know you'll have fun joining us for our unique takes on the NFL. With new episodes every Thursday morning all throughout the offseason, we know we'll have content you will enjoy. So hopefully we'll see you next week. All right, folks, definitely check out the Goal Line Fade Podcast with Hosts Adam Gorzen and Daniel Breden. These guys are awesome. Uh, you can join them as they escape and recap each week's NFL action and recap all the goings on in the offseason with some news, some fantasy picks, and a whole lot of opinions. You can find them at their link. Look for it in the show notes. And you can find them on Twitter at goal one or goal G O A L one. Any fade, goal line fade. You can find them on Twitter. And we have one more. It wouldn't be the Thirsting Goal podcast if I didn't at least shout out 
one podcast from across the pond. So here it comes. We are the Two Green Browns, an Irish Cleveland Browns podcast, bringing you an Irish view on all things Dog Pound. As long-suffering fans of the enigma that is the Cleveland Browns football team, we promise to bring you an honest opinion, along with the best of local Cleveland celebs, national media types, analytical darlings, and you never know, a few players have been known to stop by from time to time. So please find us on Twitter at Two Green Browns and find us across all podcast providers and help us to send the luck of the Irish Cleveland's way. Oh, and don't forget, go Brownies! All right, this is the Two Green Browns podcast. This is a Cleveland Browns fans topical chat podcast from Ireland, from across the pond. <laughs> the I know, Browns? I don't understand why you guys over there, I love your podcast so much, I just don't know why you can't choose better teams. <laughs> uh, as a Steeler fan, I am... As empathetic as I can possibly be, uh, but uh, good God, I mean, we really appreciate that you can take the time out of your lives to do what you do for the Cleveland Browns yeah, because yeah, that's, that's they don't impressive. do they don't do anything for you to deserve it. So uh, this is a uh, uh, joins Brown join Browns fans John Cahill and Neil Dunworth for their takes on all things Browns and the news of the week around the NFL. This is really, really a great show. You can find them. Look for the link in the show notes, and you can find them on Twitter at Two Green Browns. This I love, I love the show. accent. I love the accent, though. No, that I mean, you know, that, you know how I am a sucker for accents, Ben. But <laughs> I know you are. You might find him. Uh, you might find him disappearing during a bachelor party to the rooftop bar because there was a woman up there speaking in an English accent. One minute you see Frane, the next you don't. And where is he? He's thirty-five floors above you, chasing the accent around the building. Hey, well, you know, it's this true story. True story. It, it, it is true, Ben. Yeah, but but it, it, it it's just shocking that they would still root for. The Browns, who have been terrible for twenty to twenty-five. I mean, it's been a quarter of a century. Since Even this year, when they were supposed to be were, good, I know they were supposed to be good this year, and they weren't good. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I definitely got to show some appreciation. Yeah. I mean, guys. if if they win seven games, like that's a good season for the Browns, you yeah. know. But uh, wow, oh, good, good, good for those guys. Good for those guys that can they can root for the team and and uh, you know create a whole podcast around that. That's great. That's yes, amazing. Absolutely. Or you can spin it. The other way, they had a hapless coach, and somehow they were able to win seven games. I guess you could spin it in a positive way. And a hapless quarterback. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, Frane, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have NFL news and a feel-good story. Yes, we do. Hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with our NFL news of the week. All right, and we are back with our NFL news and our feel-good story. Well, Franny, I feel like you don't love the feel-good story as much. I as I love the lead-in music. The lead-in <laughs> music, the lead and, and, music. And, and and was it the what's not lead-in, but the the fade out or the 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 bumper? The, well, I guess it's sort of a bumper afterward, but yeah, yeah. I love me some. I love me some feel-good story. I, you know, a week when Antonio Brown was being as douchey as always. One week, every it, week, yeah, it seems. every week. I mean, we can talk about it every single week for like the last how many weeks? And I'm always shocked. I'm just always shocked that when I, you know, when I look for you know what's going on in the NFL and, and his name just keeps popping. He hasn't played a game. Since what? Since like week two or week three of last year. Yeah, and yeah. somehow he is still in he, the news. Yeah. yeah. Huh? 
but the reverse. We have two quarterbacks in the news this week. Frane's own Tom Brady. My own. You did beat him. Oh, well, I, you, you owned know, him. It, it, yeah, once. All right, we have Tom <laughs> Brady and Jameis Winston. Tom Brady might not be or might be a popular target for talking heads, but people around the NFL hardly believe the 42-year-old quarterback is washed up. However, that doesn't mean that some people don't have concerns about the so-called greatest quarterback in NFL history. Brady has dealt with various ailments in recent seasons, despite his unwillingness to talk about injuries. Consequently, scouts and executives from other teams are worried about Brady's ability to put together a relatively healthy season. He's had a lot of issues over the last two years physically. He doesn't miss games, but it's impacted his performance. And usually, Frane, when you turn 43, those things don't get easier. They get harder to deal with. Frane, well, what say you? should know you? that better than me, Ben. Yeah, that's true. I, I haven't gotten to uh, 43 just yet. Well, I can tell you those <laughs> things do get harder to deal no, with. But what I, do you think about uh, uh, Tom Brady's like uh, ridiculous Twitter? You know, I guess he was eating chocolate cake, and now uh, he's. Now uh, I, heard, I heard some rumors though that he's he's not moving closer to Oakland, but Oakland is sort of trying to coax him away. This can't be a yeah, real I, thing. I, I don't know if that's a possibility. This can't. I, I mean, mean, he needs a good offensive line. I mean, their receiving core is you know whatever. But I, I don't see him going to Oakland. Uh, I don't see him going anywhere, really. Well, the reports are that Oakland is prepared to offer him yeah. two years. $30 million. At $60 so, million dollars guaranteed yeah. Yeah. over two year. years. That's that's pretty crazy. That blows my mind. You know, as great as he is, he's still a system quarterback. You know, it, he can't get away from pressure. He's stuck no. in the pocket. So if you have no. a bad offensive line, you're not getting any production out of Tom Brady. He has a quick release. He can find his receivers if he has time. But if he doesn't, then he's your next car. Yeah, and, and the, I think the last time or the last couple times this happened, uh, Reggie White, when he left Philadelphia and went uh, on his tour looking for a team ultimately landing with the Green Bay Packers, and Peyton Manning when he was cut, released by the Indianapolis Colts and went on his grand tour uh, and ultimately landed with the Denver Broncos. But I find it hard to believe, and it, I guess it probably wouldn't shock me, but I do find it hard to believe that Tom Brady is really out there just courting and, and looking for attention and looking to stay in the media, looking to be on the news. Mm -hmm. I mean, clearly he's posting ridiculous, you know, Valentine's Day. Valentine's and he had that Day. commercial during the Super Bowl. I mean, does he really just want... Does he really just want the Patriots to show him how much they love him? I think Is that so. what he wants? He I, I just could, wants them to, he's been, to step up to the plate? He's been underpaid by the Patriots, well, but he's they, also taken smaller contracts for a reason. I mean, you know, and that, that's a lot of quarterbacks out there that are taking these uh, large contracts. They should, they should look at what he's done throughout his career. You take less so you can make the team better. Um, but I, I think now, at this point, his career, he's, he's closer to retirement you know, he, he, he's, he's looking for a nest egg, you know, to sort of rely. Cause the guy hasn't made that a much nest money. Egg. He's you know, he's, he's, he's a poor guy doesn't have that much money. He's, you got, know? A, he's got a whole truck full of <laughs> eggs. He's got a foster <laughs> farms up in his house. Looking to retire in Arizona or Florida or something oh, like my that, you goodness. know, in a community with, with people of his age. I know, you know? that's true. Another four years. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, what do you think? I mean, can you, can you imagine 
the 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 fucking Raiders and, yeah, and Tom I, Brady, I, I don't, I don't, sixty million dollars notwithstanding. I mean, I said I think we talked about it last week. John Gruden and Tom Brady in the same room. I just don't. I can't see that yeah, connection, I, I that love connection. I just don't see him going anywhere at all. If he's, I mean, he's gonna stay. He's either gonna retire or he's gonna be in New England. I mean, he can't go anywhere else. No. I mean, he's the face of that franchise, the face of six Super Bowl rings. That's all they've won, and they've all been with him. And a lot of his success, as great as he is, is because of Belichick. You know, they, 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 they and Gronk and they, well, Moss I mean, they, and the whole. <laughs> there is that, but I mean, he he is sort of a system quarterback. You know, he he's worked so well with them. Yeah, if and, he was and, anywhere else, would he have this? Much and I success? wonder how this makes him. I mean, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but Derek Carr. I wonder how this makes him feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, to know that there potentially is an offer on the table for his job. Yeah. And is Tom Brady really going to be that much? I mean, personally, I don't think he's going to be that good. Let's say he doesn't go it's to It's just Oakland. physically not. I mean, when Peyton Manning left Indianapolis, he was 36. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he dropped off a cliff like a bowling ball yeah. after his first year over there. I mean, he was terrible. I mean, how good can Tom team. Brady be they at the 43? They team to back him up. Yeah, exactly. They have the team to back him up, whereas Oakland does not have that team. Well, they got the a defense. decent, they got Waller out there. I mean, they have, they have some... Yeah. But they are light in the receiving core. They do have a whole bunch of draft picks. But what if, what if, let's say, well, let's say Tom Brady, and I expect Tom Brady to stay in New England. Do you think Cam Newton might be a good option for the Oakland Raiders? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, to be honest with you, I, I don't think much of Cam Newton, honestly, as a player. Uh, I, I mean, I know he spent the last couple seasons allegedly working on his mechanics, and you know. Is he a better option than Carr? Do you think no. they're going to find more success with Cam Newton? Because Carolina is going to have some decisions coming up. So do you think, I don't since think we're so. on the topic of yeah. sort of Oakland, but... I don't think so. I mean, I think Carr's numbers are not that bad. I mean, mm-hmm. Carr's numbers over the last few years, uh, you know, he's he's thrown about 62, touch, 62 interceptions to like 300 touchdowns, something like that. Over his career. Over, over his career. Not uh, the numbers. I don't know if he's had that many touchdowns. It's not. That's, 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 that seems like a lot for many. him. Yeah, yeah that does seem like a lot. That seems like a lot. Yeah, I think you're talking about those. another quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think? I mean, do you think Cam Newton is somebody that I just don't think could would, replace? I don't think you'd get along with Chucky. You know, just just his personality, his demeanor. I don't think that he would fit in in that organization. But I, I don't know if Carr is their answer. But I don't think Tom Brady is their answer either. If they're willing to offer him that much money, that's that's going out on a limb just to try to fill the stadium in Vegas. Oh, it's going to get filled anyways. I mean, there's so many Oakland oh my fans. It's crazy. I mean, people are going to, you know, from Oklahoma, from Idaho, from, you know, flying in for the weekend, that stadium will always be full. And I, I, from L.A. I mean, from the opening- L.A. Jesus Christ. How many how many? Oakland fans do we have here in LA you know we have the Rams and we have the Chargers but you know the Raiders are still the team here in LA so I mean that that stadium will get filled regardless but. and they may open up with the Premier League game in that stadium that may be the opening event I think it's Real Madrid I can't remember who the opponent was going to be but they may open up with a huge Premier League game uh, I was I was wrong it was 143 Pretty touchdowns. close. Pretty close, man. You know, we're not that far I just far doubled off. this touch. I'm trying to help you out, Derek. I'm trying to help you get that contract when you leave Oakland. 143 touchdowns and uh, 62 interceptions. Yeah. His it's, brother is great, though, by the way, on NFL yeah, Network. Yeah. I think he's I one like of the better him. commentators yeah. on on 
on that station. And a better quarterback. He was just in a god-awful situation in, in Houston when he came into the league. He was just getting knocked around like a pinata back there. Yeah, so it's like Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they that's got, true. they got to take care of the quarterbacks. The more things change. Shop. Shop. Uh, but he's had a pretty, you know, he's been healthy. Uh, you know, he started uh, 16 games every season except for 16 and 17. And he's got a 64 percent uh, completion percentage over his career. Uh, so I think six of six of one half dozen of another. I think with with Cam Newton's injury propensity, I I I don't think he would be a significant upgrade at his age, at Cam Newton's age, over Derek Carr. Uh, but you do run into the situation where you could potentially potentially run into an injury mm-hmm. problem mm-hmm. with um with Derek Carr or with uh, Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting stuff. Yeah, but Tom Brady, though, I think he's staying in New England. What, what about you, Ben? Do you think he's going to stay in New England? I think he's going to stay in New England. I, I can't imagine him going yeah, anywhere either. else. We, I mean, we talked about this last week. Yeah. But $60 million to play in a brand new stadium yeah. in Las Vegas with Giselle. <laughs> it is tempting. Yeah, but he because, has, the, because the reality is... Do you think the money... I mean, we're joking about it, but do you think the money... Is something that would attract him. He has all the money that he. I mean, just just his wife makes a ton of money alone, more than him for Way some reason. I, I think there's more attractive models out there, but good for him. He married a model, but they they make enough money. I mean, even even if if uh, let's say you know New England offers him twenty mil, that's that's plenty of money because he's. I think the most he's ever made is maybe fifteen million. Are you right? Somewhere, uh, somewhere around I there. think he's at eighteen this yeah. year. Uh, and and the the strange thing is he's got a thirteen million dollar cap hit for New England whether they sign him or not. Yeah, so that's a pretty big so hit. they give him thirty million dollars. That's a forty three million. Well, depending on how they structure, it. and they can't structure it out for over five years because he's not going to be there for five years. Yeah. So whatever contract he signs with New England, it's going to be you know a two year deal, a two year deal. They're yeah. not going to be able to stretch that money out over the over the length of a a long contract for salary cap purposes. But it does. It is now that I'm thinking about it. I mean, it does. I mean, maybe he just wants more respect from from New England. But what if they're not as good as the Raiders? What if they end up not being as good as the Raiders? Well, in their in their division, and that is possible. Yeah, I mean, but they their, sucked balls on offense in their year. division, though. You know, they don't have the Kansas City Chiefs in their division, so they're they're gonna be the best team in their division, whereas, you know, if they're... No, playing, the Jets are in their division. Yeah, Ben, you think the Jets are going to go 16-0 just like you thought this year. <laughs> they might but, they might yeah. win 12 games. That, that's being Levy very, Bell says that's he, being he's very staying, generous. He loves that's, it there. that's being very generous. I think the Jets will be better uh, this coming season, um, but they should easily win that division, whereas if he if he comes to the AFC West, uh, you know, they... they you know the Chargers actually are are you know depending on what they do with their quarterback situation they could be a very decent team. They have a good team. They actually have a good team built, but they just don't have a good quarterback right now. So I mean that that's that's it's it's a tough div- division. Uh, and so his his just making it to the playoffs it would be much easier if he stayed in New England. I'm not saying he's gonna go to the Super Bowl. Maybe he might depending on the offseason moves that they make, but. I don't know, Ben. It looks like you're trying to fix the screen over here. Yes, I'm yeah. trying to. We have a little bit of a technical problem here. Yeah. But next up, we have Jameis Winston. Uh, 30 and 30. 34, 30, 30, and 30. Fresh off his excuse of last year, which was that his eyesight had been deteriorating and he just didn't want to tell anybody about it. He was just afraid that people would would judge him, and 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 I God knows why. I don't know. He said he was he said he was reluctant to let people Wait, who know. Was, who was that? That running back that that wore goggles. 
There was basically. a running back that wore goggles. Was it? Was it? Uh, I can't remember his name right now, but I think there was a running back that sort of wore goggles. But go ahead. Yeah, so <laughs> he could have done the same thing. Yeah, he got LASIK surgery a few days ago uh, because he claimed that that was the the reason that he wasn't able to see crisply and cleanly down the field. I'm not buying it because he wasn't particularly good for the you know much of the rest of his career. Uh-huh. Uh, but Bruce Arians doesn't want to commit. He does not want to commit to uh, Jameis Winston. Uh, asked this week whether he wants to or plans to keep Jameis Winston or move on from the Bucks starting quarterback. Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times reports that Arian said, really, nothing has changed. What's behind door number two? You know, can we make the one we have better? All those things you have to go through and think about right now. But I just don't think he's going to do it. I think he's moving on from Jameis Winston. What do you think? I think slowly. He's sort of building well, he's up. He's a free agent. He's, he's, he's building up to moving on from Jameis Winston. But what's their next best best option beyond Jameis Winston? Would they draft a quarterback, or would they try to sign Derek Carr uh, or Breeze? Is, or is, Breeze is, is, is if he doesn't he, uh, come back, a free agent as well, or many of the other quarterbacks that are out there. Uh, I mean, I I am really really interested to see. I Fitzpatrick mean, it, maybe make a comeback. Uh, oh God. <laughs> Uh, but, but he really likes those, those types of quarterbacks. I mean, Arians, you know, he was really, really, really enamored with Carson Palmer when he was in, yeah, well, I mean, he had, when he was in Arizona. Had, did he have Kurt Warner? So, no, he didn't have Kurt there, Warner. Did he have, yeah, he, yeah. uh, he might have got Kurt Warner. I think he had him for a couple years. And he was also, there is another quarterback that's leaving that same team that is looking for a job and his name is Andy Dalton. I That's... would not be shocked if he moved on from Jameis Winston and started Andy Dalton for a couple of year, couple years. You know how I feel about Andy While Dalton. he looks to either draft a quarterback this year or next, but I really think that Jameis Winston is done in Tampa Bay because there's no way they can give him $35 million, 32, 33, yeah. 32, uh, because that's what he's going to want. And I can't imagine giving this guy a five-year, 160 or $170 million contract I just five years in a league. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. been in the league for five years and he has not gotten any better. And I yep. think that's something that should be of concern to anyone that's a Tampa Bay Buck fan and definitely uh, the uh, the Glazers as well as Bruce Arians down there. I can't imagine giving this guy, you know, Ben Roethlisberger money, yeah, Aaron Rodgers money, Dak Prescott money, which is what he's going to get eventually. Mm-hmm. But Drew Brees money. I mean, this, that money is that's what he wants. I mean, that is what he wants. He wants more than Kirk Cousins, more than Ben Roethlisberger. How can you give that to him? How can you conceivably do that? It'd be, it'd be difficult for after this season. I mean, he did have the most yards, you know, passing, but, uh, you know, 30 for 30, man, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions with Evans as one of your receivers and Godwin also. Was it Godwin? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, but, but I mean, those, but those guys are like, that's one of the best duos in the league. And you're throwing 30 interceptions? Yeah. Or maybe just forcing it to those guys because he knows how good they are. But, I mean, still, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think LASIK surgery is going to help him. No, but that is that was his excuse. That was what he attempted to throw out there as the reason that he was just not as successful, as, successful this year as he wanted to be. Maybe. Uh, but I, did have I wonder a, how bad his vision was, though. Uh, I wonder what his prescription was. <laughs> his pres- <laughs> uh, Franny knows a little thing or two <laughs> about the glasses I just, business. I just wonder. That uh, was probably how uh, bad it was. How bad it was? Uh, well, I mean, allegedly, it, it 
Maybe it's really bad prism. Maybe he sees double. Maybe he sees multiple players yeah. out there. Allegedly, it fell off pretty precipitously. Mm. That is the story that he's telling folks. My guess is that that maybe I has mean, cataracts. I don't know. Well, but <laughs> if it, if but but if your vision drops off significantly at that age, it's mm-hmm. usually indicative. And tell me if I'm wrong of a much more serious problem. I mean, typically your eyesight doesn't drop maybe significantly just, at a young age. I mean, if, maybe if, he was just in denial. You know, he's like, I don't need glasses. I'm a young guy. Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, but you think that if you were looking to make $35 million a year, you might run off and get some contact lenses at least. You don't have to get LASIK surgery, but you could probably consider some bulge and loams. All right, next up, Franny, we have a little bit more of XFL. I know you're interested in this. Uh, so the XFL, so you talk to Oliver Luck this week. Uh, after 19 long years since its last attempt to wrestle the football crown away from the NFL, the XFL is finally back and giving football fans something to cheer about. The Resurrected League, personally financed by World Wrestling Entertainment, CEO Vince McMahon, is hardly comparable to its 2001 past iteration, which I happen to like, by the way, which even McMahon himself... You were at the final. I was at the finals, or at the championship game, Tommy Maddox, the winner, and current <laughs> XFL CEO and Commissioner Oliver Luck will admit was a flat-out failure. This time around, Commissioner Oliver Oliver Luck promises a more polished play on the field as well as a solid broadcast broadcast partnership with Fox, ESPN, and ABC. There's going to be, this is what Luck said, there's going to be an inevitable stumbles in year one, and it's inevitable because it's a startup, Luck told Yahoo Finance. But Vince has made it very clear to all of us and the league that he is in this for the long haul, and he shared that same spirit with our broadcast partners and other commercial partners. Mm -hmm. Uh, Luck also says the league has been able to move swiftly ahead with creating a faster-paced game that's capable of winning over traditional NFL fans. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Yep. Uh, I think it's reassuring to for fans to know that Vince McMahon is willing to fund this league for several years. I think that was what the AF, AAF funding just completely pull, fell out of they the bottom didn't of have it. Enough. And there were there were allegedly backers that had that had money sitting there that was going to be able to be a resource for the league if it if it was struggling. But I think they've done a really good job with these partnerships with CBS, with Fox, with ESPN. Uh, they've got really big name guys calling the games. Mm-hmm. They've got Pat McAfee running around the sideline down there. Uh, they've got some really interesting stuff going on. And with the money. And with uh, Antonio Brown potentially playing in the league next year, once he realizes <laughs> nobody's going to want him next year, uh, I think there will be some interesting, interesting stuff. That punter that that played for—I didn't realize he was in the league. Uh, King, mm-hmm. the punter mm-hmm. that was a you know a big sensation for Oakland before he got run out of the league. I mean, it, it's it's. I think they got. I think they got something here. I no, and, and we've talked about it. I mean, it is. Uh, you know, it, it's better than the AAF. The presentation is better than the AAF. Having you know, Fox, ESPN, ABC. Uh, the games are on network television, so anybody can tune in and watch these games. So if you don't have cable. You can still watch the games. And that's a huge plus. And the AAF, I think, they were on the NFL Network. They didn't really have these same uh, sponsorships or or the same broadcast partnerships um, as the XFL. So the XFL did a good job in doing that, bringing these people on board and, and, and allowing, you know, just anybody to tune in and watch the game. And, and you know, the, the, the stadium, like I said, in Seattle was... It was half full, yeah, but, but that's still it's more, it's more than the, the Jaguars get on a you know yeah. in the NFL. Uh, it's more than the Raiders were, were getting for some time in Oakland when they had the top yeah. parts of that stadium 
And the talent, the talent level is better. The talent level is much better than the AAF. Probably saying that because there are some ex Eagles playing in the league. Well, I mean, there's there are ex everybody playing in that league. Eli Rogers is out there. Yeah. Uh, Landry Jones. That's why he's I bet on that game face. tomorrow. He's the face of the It was the just XFL. so interesting to read, like, uh, some of the articles about, like, the lines tomorrow and, you know, to, but to, but to read that we should, you know, that there's a, there's a, that, that Landry Jones gives the team an advantage. It's just reading that in print. You know, the guy that got cut couldn't get a, a job in a league that, that, but that's, that's, as Franny said, the, the talent. Is not quite at the level, obviously, as the, as the NFL. If Landry Jones gives you an advantage in his return, yeah. so you know it's like it's like Nate Sudfeld is starting tomorrow for the uh, whatever the LA team's name is, and that's a huge, huge cats, advantage. Man, the Wildcats. Wild uh, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to watch the game tomorrow, at least one of the games yeah. tomorrow. No, I mean, it, it, it's it's entertaining. It's entertaining and it's interesting. It's something new. Uh, it's like a novelty. It's it's it's. It's you know it's brand new and people want to tune in and there's you know there's there, there's so much on on social media with people just you know talking about it and 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 talking it up really yeah yeah so you know they've done a really good job in just you know laying the foundations for the league to find some success and if it doesn't for some reason Vince McMahon does have the money to sort of keep it going keep it afloat until he can find something that works within a year, two years, three years, because I think that's what he said. If 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 they are losing money, he can still sort of keep it afloat for long enough to maybe turn things around, which is something the AAF did not have. Yeah, for sure. And he's got the funding. You know, he's yeah. got the money. He's the Mike Bloomberg of the of, of football. Yeah. You know, he I, might I, not I think, win, but he could, but he could keep that thing going yeah. for as long as he wants. Who, who's the guy, the boxing announcer that says, "Let's get rid of Rumble." He should come out every yeah, single yeah, yeah. once a game. You know, have a, like a mic that just comes up from like midfield and just say, "Let's get ready to football" or something. You know, like yeah, something that would be cool. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. It's 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 it's. I mean, the guy is the WWF, WWE. I don't even know what WWE it is anymore. WWE, but he's like I think. the founder of that, and 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 uh, you know, you want that sort of excitement. You kind of want to even bring some of those fans into this because those are the kind of guys that would go to the game and you know drink a bunch of beers and have fun with their buddies that don't really care about yeah. the game or yeah, the yeah, product yeah. on the field. But that's the you know, you just want to kind of find some of those guys that just want to have a good time. Yeah, and that's what they need. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of which, I listened to, uh, speaking of boxing, I listened to uh, Mike Tyson's podcast today when I was out getting my. Does he, does he have a podcast? <laughs> he, does. he does. And if I don't sound as happy and as up as I normally am, uh, it's because, damn, that podcast was depressing. I don't know <laughs> if I'll be listening to Mike T- Tyson opine about how terrible the world is <laughs> because it was a pretty depressing show. Really? I would expect him to be. It was not, it was not, uh, it was not, it was not upbeat. uplifting. It was uh, not. Really? Wow. I'm surprised. Not, you know the 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 earth. If the birds disappear, the earth dies. If the trees disappear, the earth dies. Yeah, well. If people disappear, the earth flourishes. That's something he said today. I was like, okay, that's too depressing for me. I got to move on to where's my NFL podcast? Where's my two green browns? If the birds disappear, yeah, he's just yeah. like telling stories about the nine times he smoked crack. I mean, it was a really interesting oh, but that's, very that's, depressing show. Yeah, he, he took the wrong angle on that <laughs> podcast because there are a lot of fans that yeah, love yeah. the guy just because of the way he sort of projects himself, yeah. you know, like you in, 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 uh, what was that movie? Um, the hangover. Yeah, the you, hangover. Know, you, you remember him from sort of that? And yeah, I just wow. expected I, it to I be funny and fun and yeah. just sort of weird. 
Uh, but it was not that. Yeah, it well, was not that at all. It's depressing. Uh, but next up, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, Derek Carr. Do it is Derek Carr worth cutting ties with? Do I have that on mine? Uh, <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. Okay. I actually had to made a late edition. Oh, okay, I printed right. out another copy. Is Derek Carr worthwhile keeping in Vegas? That's that's the question because it looks like. John Gruden is prepared to move on from Derek Carr one way or the other, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of whether it's Tom Brady or not. But it looks like Tom Brady is, is, is in a up? collecting mood, like he always is with quarterbacks. Um, but is is it is it the time to cut ties with Derek Carr? Is, is he up for a new contract, or is he still under a contract for a couple of years? Uh, he's still under contract, yeah, but they're so. but they're considering because the dead cap hit would not be too much, considering mm-hmm. releasing him or trading him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's me, I would keep the guy. Like you said, Ben, I don't. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I mean, he showed some flashes. I want to say of brilliance, but he did have that really good year before he got injured, and you know, since then he hasn't been the same. But if he could still find that sort of magic that he had back then, I, I think he's he's a decent quarterback, and he's not a you know a, a top five quarterback, but he could be in the top ten. Yeah, he had four thousand and fifty-four yards last season, twenty-one TDs in sixteen games, and eight interceptions. Hmm. I mean, not a bad year. Yeah, eight interceptions. That's like, you know, that's that's nothing. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to be Derek Carr because this comes up <laughs> every single yeah, year. Yeah. But with the Raiders, is it Derek Carr or is it their inability to put players around him and stack that offensive line? I mean, he's got Josh Jacobs there, great running back, got Waller mm-hmm. out there. If they could bring in a receiver or two, especially this year, because they are stacked up with draft picks this year. I mean, it'd be real. I'd be interested to see how this goes. But mm-hmm. I, I would not cut ties with Derek Carr right now. I mean, this is John Gruden's, especially if he's still under contract. If you don't, if you're not in a con- contract, you know, conversation with the guy or discussion, there's no reason to get rid of him right now. You know, let him play another year, see how things go. You know, draft a quarterback maybe this year, later in the rounds. You know, see how you can groom that guy, see how good he is. Because, like we always mention, quarterbacks don't grow on yeah, trees. and they've got the 12th pick overall and the 19th pick overall mm-hmm. this year, I believe. Uh, I mean, it would be, I think it would be typical John. He's never happy with the quarterback that he has. Yeah. He's always bringing in quarterbacks. Uh, maybe he's just looking for that, you know, and everybody, obviously everybody wants to have, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger. Everybody wants these guys. Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz. But it, Man, but, you, but they're, I mean, Carson <laughs> Wentz is <laughs> he's, he's good, but he's not, you know, at that level. But he's hard, they're hard to find, right? Yeah. So just just continuing to trade in your car every year, hoping to find that, that car that's just going to make you feel uh, something you've never, there, huh? you've never <laughs> felt before. Uh, but I, I think they should stick with car and go for, go get somebody in the draft and see what they can see what they can get. Yeah. All I right. I agree with you. Yeah, definitely. Next up, we just wanted to go over some dates that are important coming up in the NFL season. Uh, the scouting combine is February 24th through March 2nd. Please be sure there will be coverage all over the place about that. You'll be able to see, you know, the guys running their sprints, doing, <laughs> going through their, their, going through all of the drills at the combine. I know a lot of people like that. Uh, February 25th is the first day for clubs to designate franchise or designate franchise or transition players. That's going to be really exciting to see whether they franchise Jameis Winston to see whether how far along they are with the CBA and see who might get a transition tag. Taysom Hill, for example, I predict that the the Saints are going to are going to transition tag Taysom Hill and hope that somebody else signs him so they can get a draft pick 
in return. Uh, three ten, March tenth is the deadline for clubs to to continue to to the deadline to designate <laughs> franchise or tradition transition players. That's the end of that. 316 to 318. That is the beginning of the league year on 318. And the free agency period begins on 318 at four o'clock. That's going to be really exciting. This is a lot of free agents this year. Huge free agents this year. Dak Prescott, Philip Rivers, Chris Jones, Jadavion Clowney. Do you like Jadavion Clowney, Franny? He, he seems like a very nice guy. <laughs> you don't have anything you to say about okay. You know how I feel about Jadavion Clowney. Dirty player, oh, targeting quarterbacks for I the Philadelphia it. Eagles. I love it. Anthony Harris, uh, big-time safety out of Minnesota. Byron Jones from your Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> hey, yeah. Shaquille Barrett, uh, that's that's a big one, too. Justin Simmons, uh, Denver safety, and Joe Thune. Oh, offensive linemen do not grow on trees. New England may lose another offensive lineman if they don't step up to the plate and pay the man. That's going to be interesting as well. That may play into... Tom Brady's decision. Uh, the first league meeting or the first official league meeting is on, uh, March 29th through April 1st. Uh, and 417, April 17th is the deadline for restricted free agents to sign their offer sheets. And on April 23rd through the 25th, the 2020 NFL draft begins in Las Vegas, Nevada. That'd Did you fun, hear? Ben. Did you hear what they're going to do? Yeah, I know. They're, they're going to, like, uh, you know, ship the players over. Can <laughs> you believe that, though? That, that That's that's pretty cool. I mean, April 20th, Ben. Uh, it was April 23rd to the 25th. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going to Vegas would be a good time, you know, for that event. Uh, oh, I wonder if we can in go. Vegas for the weekend, maybe not even, you know, not, not being at the draft. Just being in Vegas in general, I'm sure it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, but those are just some upcoming dates. There's a bunch more dates we can go through uh, later in, the, you know, upcoming podcast once we get past the draft but we're really looking forward to that Franny and I may be live from Las Vegas during the from a hotel room very far away from yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> from maybe the festivities we, I think they're doing it at the Bellagio yeah, I believe Bella- yeah, I think it's at the Bellagio at the fountain over there so they're going to have the stage set up uh, they're going to I don't, I don't I think the stage is just going to be set up on its own sort of like an island and whichever player is selected they're going to ferry the player over so the longest draft in NFL history probably probably yeah but that that that's very Vegas you it, know? it is very yeah. Vegas for sure yeah, it's it's a spectacle and it should be a lot of fun to watch. This seems like a long ass time yeah. if you're ferrying one player over at you know one at a time at a time. Yeah, maybe they'll get the guys from the what's the the Venice theme. Oh, the, the gondoliers. The gondoliers, or? yeah, pushing their way through the. The, from Paris? Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> I, I, actually, that would be that, that would be something if Vegas from, was able to build a canal from the Paris casino over to the from the Venetian, the Venetian, yeah, 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 from the yeah, Venetian yeah. all the way over to uh, all the way over to, <laughs> the, to Bellagio, the Bellagio across yeah. the street, yeah. and they'll just sort of motorboat them, and they'll have the gondoliers pushing them. We'll see how that. But that 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 seems like it should be a lot of fun, even though it's going to last about eight hours. But here's something interesting, Friday. After the big Super Bowl victory, the most likely timetable for Patrick Mahomes to sign a contract is sometime after the draft this year. Mahomes is currently scheduled to make, can you believe this? 
$735,000 plus a $1.96 million roster bonus in 2020 coming off a Super Bowl, Super Bowl win and an MVP season mm-hmm. the year before that. This is a ridiculously small amount of money for a quarterback who earned the MVP honors just one year before. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mahomes' new deal, when it comes to fruition, and it will, will make him the highest paid player in football history. A title currently held by Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson at $35 million annually. Mahomes' upcoming extension could also be impacted by the new collective bargaining agreement, which is expected to take hold this offseason. But what do you think Mahomes is going to get this year? Oh, that is going to be, when, when when that contract negotiation starts, that is going to be insane. Just for Mahomes, <laughs> look at what Tom Brady has done to find success with the Patriots. You Nobody know, sign, does sign, that, I know, I know, but signing a huge contract like that means that you can't sign other guys to help you win because it is as, as important as the quarterback is. I mean, he's the most important piece of the puzzle. But if you can't sign other guys around you, the offensive line, the defensive line, the offensive line, the defensive line are, that's where championships are won right there. So if you're taking in all of the money, be prepared to run for your life. Which is what Russell Wilson has been doing with his $35 million contract. Yeah, I just, do you think he's able to do that? I mean, that's the question. That's, I mean, it would be tough. I mean, and, I mean and, as a player. And some, some speculate that Dak Prescott is waiting for Mahomes to get his contract mm. so that yeah, he can try I to mean, piggyback. Well, Mahomes is an MVP and a Super Bowl champion and a Super Bowl MVP. Dak Prescott is none of those. Dak Prescott is maybe a top 10, maybe top 15 quarterback. Uh, you know, as, as much praise as I have given Dak Prescott, you know, over the last six months, he's nowhere near the level of Patrick Mahomes. Not even close. No, it's not even in the same universe. Yeah, but, no. but do you give him $200 million over four years, over five yeah, years, with, I should say? With Mahomes, it's, it's going to be it, $40 million be, a year. I mean, many are lot. saying that, he, you know, when it's all said and done, that he will be the best quarterback in the history yeah. of the I mean, NFL. These other quarterbacks that are waiting for contracts, they can't wait to see what he gets because they're not worth it. They're not worth that same amount of money. They're not, but what I'm happens? Sorry. Yeah. What yeah. happens if Andy Reid decides he doesn't want to coach anymore? How, I mean, just like you were saying that Brady's, a lot of his success was due to Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. him as general manager and coach and bringing in well, the offensive type of, and The type of quarterback that Mahomes is, I think he could find success under Andy Reid or another coach. You know, but Super Bowl success, MVP success. Well, for any, well, a lot, for of, these, a lot of these players, though, after they sign huge contracts, a lot of them don't make the Super Bowl anymore. You know, I mean, look at, I mean, Tom Brady doesn't take a huge contract and they win Super Bowls. You look at uh, Matty Ice, he takes a huge contract, doesn't win any Super Bowls. Um, uh, uh, Wilson signs a huge contract, he didn't win any Super Bowls after that. You know, uh, like I'm throwing out Wentz because Wentz did sign a huge contract. He won a Super Bowl. It wasn't him that won it, but he took him to the doorstep and Foles walked him right through. And it broke his heart. We and, learned that on and, All or Nothing. Yeah, but I mean, every time one of these quarterbacks, one of these great quarterbacks signs a huge contract, it makes it so difficult to sign these other players because, you know, as, as, like I said, the, the quarterback is important, but it's it's a team game. It, ultimately, it's a team game and you need these other guys to step in. You need an offensive line. You need, you know, defensive guys. I mean, you need these players to win Offensive linemen especially. Offensive linemen especially. And and um, and they need to sign. They should sign Chris Jones. I mean, they should re-up Chris Jones. He is an amazing defensive mm-hmm. end or mm-hmm. defensive tackle. I'm sorry. I, 
but f- I think it's going to be hard. And, and also, for, Goff. Sorry, they didn't yeah, go yeah. Goff out there. No, Goff, yeah. same thing. He well, signed he's very a forgettable huge, signing. Exactly. He signed a huge contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't did. think the Rams are going to be sniffing the Super Bowl $40 million anytime soon because they gave him a huge contract. So, I mean, it I, is I what think it he's going to get it. I mean, I, th- I think his winning the MVP, winning the Super Bowl, it's going to be very, very hard for him yeah, not to, to demand take less. That, that 40, especially at his age with everyone clamoring in his ear that you need to get your money, you need to get your money. And and if he asks for 40, they'll give it to him. I yeah. mean, what else are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, you, you ha- if he asks for $40 million over five years, $200 million, I think they have no choice. They really can't. They're, they're, they're kind of stuck with that because he is really, he is their franchise right now. But if you look around that roster, I mean, to, to your point, the, the reason they were able to keep all those guys on that team and bring in the players that they were able to bring in and bring in the receivers that they were able to bring in even though a couple of them are rookies, yeah, and stack that offensive line in front of him was because they were only paying him seven hundred and thirty-five thousand mm-hmm. dollars this year. Mm-hmm. That's forty million dollars. That's essentially twenty percent of the cap going into twenty twenty-one or the twenty twenty season. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's smart, I think he'll do exactly what Franny is yeah. suggesting. Aaron Rodgers also. Huge contract, yeah. Just well, but he's not very good. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he, I mean, him, Roethlisberger, and Wilson, yeah, Roethlisberger and that tells you how. Yeah, big. I mean, Roethlisberger won his uh, the first Super Bowl when he was still a I rookie think was on his rookie or he's on contract. second, second, yeah, rookie contract. But not a, it wasn't, yeah, and, and it, so since then, he's making one a lot Super of money. Bowl loss in yeah. 2010, <laughs> and and even in 2010, he hadn't gotten quite to the level that I mean he actually Roethlisberger was not one of the higher paid quarterbacks yeah. in the league until this most recent contract yeah but Roth, I mean think about the Aaron Rodgers contract how long ago that was I mean two three years ago mm-hmm. and usually these things grow exponentially not exponentially but they grow significantly year over year he's still I think in the top three in the oh, league um, even though he, he signed that contract three years ago yeah that tells you how hamstrung mm-hmm. the Packers have been, have been to your point over the last few years and being able to bring in guys to help him yep but uh, Mahomes, it's it's it would be hard um, to for him to turn down, you know, a, a large contract to go for something a little bit less so he can help the team because you know, like you said, at his age, yep, he's just thinking about the dollar bills right now. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I mean, be smart, be smart, win championships. The chance that when you win the championships, the money will come. The the, the endorsement endorsements deals, for sure. All the other tangential shit will come to you, and you'll make just as much money in yeah. the long run. And hopefully, you know, for you, Ben, he does take a huge contract because he is in the AFC. Yes, exactly. If he does take a little bit less, and he allows the team to, uh, you know, work with their funds, uh, might you know, never Steelers might never sniff another would. Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> all <laughs> right. He's over there. Next up, uh, NFL CBA negotiations. A few things. Uh, they had a meeting this past week, uh, player rep, player reps and executive management. They voted or they didn't vote. Uh, but the things on the, on the agenda here, the 17 game season that I know Frane opposes, uh, looks like the, the ownership is willing to raise the share of league revenue from 47 to 48.5% for the players. Uh, that would be an extra $5 billion in revenue to the players over the life of the new deal. But the, the big, the big sticking points are the 17 game season and raising the player share of revenue. Uh, none of which were settled this past week and, and probably won't be settled for some time to come. But what do you think about those two, you know, sort of sticking points in the CBA deal, the 17 game season and the, the raising the percentage closer to 50%. Uh, I mean, I voiced my opinion before about this topic and I just don't, 
I think the the league the way it is right now with 16 games, you know, plus the playoffs, I think that's that's fine. You know, when when you start adding extra games, you know, I, I even heard you know 18 or 19 games plus the really? playoffs beyond that. I mean, they were talking was about that a on, serious on, discussion on, on ESPN? 18, you know, games? about adding like an extra Thursday night game or an extra you know Monday night game. So there's two Monday night games and two Thursday night games and that sort of thing, so they can kind of get those games in there. Um, really, I I just think, that's crazy. Uh, Even the, with extra the, bye weeks, that's nuts. Yeah, for the players and and as physical as this sport is, I mean, you really have to think about their long term health. You know, even 16 games, a lot of these guys are coming out of the league and retiring, and they're having issues, you know, long-term issues, you know, 20 years afterward. And 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 I think going to 17 games, or because once they talk about 17 games, because what, what was it back then? Maybe it was in the 70s. It was what? 12. 12 games. Yeah, and then yeah they, the Dolphins were 14 so you, and 0. You keep on adding these games, you know, like in five years, it could be, let's add, add an 18th game, you oh, know, like just to create... Just to create more revenue, I think the health of the players is more important than that money, in my opinion. But I'm not the one bringing in the money. But what do you feel about that, Ben? Yeah, no, I think actually it was, was I think it was 14. I think it was the mm-hmm. Dolphins were 17 and 0. Yeah, I think. It, it, or it was 13 games. I, I, you know, obviously I wasn't around. Well, I think that time. 18, 19 games is ridiculous. Uh, it's a tough call. I mean, because they want the money, right? I mean, so if you if you start talking about 18, 19, 20 game seasons, now you're into sort of baseball territory mm-hmm. equivalent. Where you got starting pitcher situation where they don't start every game. Mm-hmm. Where you know you're starting. And that's what they were talking about. That's start- what they were talking about. Were they really? I mean, yeah. you're still, your starting quarterback plays what, like, sixteen of the games, seventeen of the games. Mm-hmm. You've got you know corners, wide receivers, the guys that are wide receivers, running backs, people that are getting hit all the time. They're not playing every game, or they're playing, you know, like like in the NBA, where I mean that's that's a different sport because you're tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, you're not instead of playing six forty eight minutes, you're playing. 30 minutes, like you're older and you're later on in your career. Uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I I think I tend to agree with Franny. I mean, I think not, <laughs> I not, not, agree with not this generally, guy, not, but not generally speaking, one time. Not, not ge- no, generally speaking, we agree all the time, <laughs> which is not a good thing. I think it'd be more uh, interesting if we disagreed more, but we agree with a lot of, but on this, issues. on this, I mean, I used to think it was, it was an okay proposal, but the more I think about it, I mean, I, I, I do you want to tune in to not watch the players that you want to watch play? Yeah. I mean, even right now with 16 games at the end of the season, if a, if a team is in the playoffs and you know they're they're comfortable in the position that they're in, they you know they start their their bench, and so that would happen more in a 17, 18, 19 game season. And so you know we wouldn't see the best players games, on the God. field, but not only would we not see those players, but if they do have to play, it could affect them in the long term. You know, health wise, so. and it could affect the excitement of the games that you do watch. Exactly, yeah. because they're not going to be taking as many chances mm-hmm. in and those that, games. That's, that's why I enjoy the NFL because every game is Matters. so important. You know, from from week one to week sixteen, especially for the Eagles this year, every single game was important, and for the Steelers as well, Ben. For the Steelers, every single game yep. was important. So when you start adding these extra games, you're kind of d- diluting the product. And and I think sixteen is is a good number because you know once you add seventeen in a few years you'll start talking about eighteen and a few years after that about nineteen. I don't agree with it. Yeah, I I, I agree. I can't believe I'm saying this. Not because I don't agree with yeah. Frank, but because I I, it's <laughs> I love not football. Con- it's I not consistent football. with my personality. Uh, I mean, I, I I I I tend to agree. There's so many injuries, and with a longer season, more games. I think it will dilute the product that you see. Because there will be players that are resting, players that play three quarters instead of four, 
Uh, you know, I I think that, yeah, I think seventeen is too much. I would raise the the player share of revenue. Yeah, that in general I would, I mean, but just still the, keeping it at sixteen games. Yes, keep it at sixteen games. I do think they should raise the revenue from forty seven to forty eight point five if that's what the players are asking for. You see the XFL, you see the AAF. Clearly, the product on the field is due to the talent level of the players. Mm-hmm. These coaches are a dime a dozen out there, unless you're Bill Belichick or Andy Reid. Coaches are not that hard to find. But these players in the NFL and playing at the level that they play at to keep us glued to our television sets to watch games that we don't have a rooting interest in, that doesn't happen in just about any other sport. So I agree with Franny. I cannot believe it. (laughs) All right. Next up, we have a little bit of uh, chitter chatter about I just wanted to bring everybody up to date on what people are looking at in terms of their salary cap space. Going into uh, the offseason, into free agency, and into the draft, who do you think has the most cap space of all of the teams out there going into the If I was to guess, off the top of my head, agency? Miami? Whoa, good guess. Miami has $93 million, almost $94 million in cap space, followed closely by the Colts at $86 million and Tampa at eighty four. The Colts always have a lot. And the poor Bills back there at 82. But do you know do you know who has the fifth most cap space in the league? This won't come as news. Good news to you. Cowboys. The Cowboys <laughs> have 74 at the moment, at the moment. million dollars. They're not going to sign Cooper. They got they're going to at the moment. They're we'll not they're not are they maybe transition tag Cooper, but they have to they have to sign Dak Prescott and that's going to cost them a ton of money of a down at the bottom. Do you know who has the least amount of cap space out there? Uh, I know the Eagles aren't that good. I think Minnesota's also pretty strapped for cash right now. Uh, I'm not sure who's the last place team. Minnesota right oh, okay, now they Minnesota. are <laughs> minus 12 million. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers wow. are in cap hell right now. They are <laughs> minus Two million. They're going to have to do. I mean, typically they're able to restructure their way out of this, but this is a, I mean, a particularly terrible year for the Steelers, especially with their wide with the, the issues they're having at wide receiver. Yes, Roethlisberger may be coming back, but or is coming back, but that uh, that that does not bode well. Mm-hmm. The Eagles have forty two million dollars. Oh in wow, space. that's more than I expected. And uh, let's find the uh, our beloved. Seattle Seahawks here somewhere. Middle of the road somewhere. Because they don't want to sign any offensive linemen. So, you know. Actually, they're not bad. $59 million. Yeah. Yeah. Not That's bad not bad. There's some bad. protection for Russell Wilson. I mean, if I were them, I would go out there and sign Joe Thune from the New England Patriots yesterday. The second mm-hmm. that they're able, that the free agency period opens up. Yeah, there's a couple offensive tackles out there that... Uh, that could definitely bolster the line. And they are him. hard to find. They are the mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. Of all I mean, the- if you have a good offensive lineman, you pay that guy. Yeah, and I don't know why. I mean, it's really frustrating for, for to watch the, the the Seahawks play for low these many years without any help for one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the league. Not about history, but he's really good. He, he is he is pretty good. I know Sonia's your wife, but that you know, is hey. true. But he's he's You're a little biased. He is right up there, though. You got to admit, I, I do, I do. He's he's really good. He's 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 one of my favorites to watch, definitely. And next up, we have the we wanted to talk about the top one hundred quarterbacks uh, or the top one hundred folks around the league that is chosen by 
the NFL this offseason. We're going to start with the quarterbacks. I wanted to bring it up on our big screen here for Friday. Should we try to fix it before we get into it? Actually, yeah. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to try to fix our technological issues here. So I can see what Ben's talking about. So Friday can see what I'm talking about. And we'll be right back. And we're back from the break. We did try to fix our technical difficulties, but there's something wrong. There's an issue with the connection from the computer to the TV. So I'm not able to see what Ben's seeing, but we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL 100 QBs. Yeah, so I mean, uh, I'm sure everyone is aware that in this during the season this year, the NFL Network and and Chris Collinsworth, among others, many many people, uh, former players, former coaches. Got together, voted. I'm not sure exactly what the process was, but they came up with their top 100 players in the NFL since the history, since the history began of the NFL. And we wanted to start with the most important position, which was the last position that, uh, that they, of course, you know, rolled out the, the candidates for this past season. Uh, so the, we have, well, Sammy Baugh, 1937 to 1952. Oh, that guy was awesome. <laughs> he was awesome. I remember him. So we're his not... leather helmet. <laughs> and uh, he has a leather helmet yeah, huh? I'm sure on the he screen does. here. Uh, um, no face mask for that guy. So we're going to, you know, Franny and I are not going to pretend that we know uh, about <laughs> oh, some that of great these. great completion to... to uh, to the fullback <laughs> for a five-yard gain, which was probably the longest pass that season. But uh, we're not going to pretend to know these people I don't that no played. That guy. Uh, I don't even know why they wreck. I mean, I, I'm sure they were good in their time. But if you compare them to any guys from like the 70s, 80s, you know, the 90s, you know, the 2000s, those those guys can't yeah, compete. for sure. For sure. <laughs> Next up, not surprisingly, Tom Brady. Uh, of course. John Elway. Okay, okay. Brett Favre. Yes. Otto Graham, 1946 to 1955. He had a metal helmet, just so you know. <laughs> it was stainless steel. <laughs> but I know the name, so I'm no, guessing he must have yeah. been pretty good. Uh, next up, Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Dan Marino. Yeah. Joe Montana. All greats. And next coming up, the greatest quarterback of all time, Roger Staubach. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and Johnny Unitas, nineteen fifty six to nineteen seventy three. Even I watched the film on Johnny Unitas. I can concur in that regard. But what do you think of that group, Franny? It's a pretty good group. Um, but the snubs is what I'm looking at right here, Ben. Those are my snubs. Your snubs. And Your snubs are, too, probably. Yeah, there. Those are some huge snubs right there. Yeah. Drew Brees, who sets a record, I think, every other week. Every exactly. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, maybe. When the NFL turns 200 years old, <laughs> Aaron they'll recognize these guys. I mean, Drew Brees has been amazing for the Saints. Aaron Rodgers, you know what I've, how been I amazing. feel. You know how I feel about yes. Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, Troy Aikman, he was good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think Troy's up there. Uh, he, has, he has three Super Bowls. He has three Super Bowl He's victories. Won three Super Bowls. He played amazing for... You know, a good number of years down there. I mean, I, I would. I mean, I would well, put said, him up there. So Joe Montana was on there, right? Yeah, Joe Montana. Okay, Joe on there. Okay, Steve Young is another Young. one that's not on this that, list yeah, here. That's pretty interesting too. Uh, you know, Terry 
Bradshaw. He was not Four. on there. He was not on there. Four championships. And he was not on there. And he was not on there. That's pretty interesting. They should get they should get rid of that guy from nineteen thirty four to whatever year he played because nobody remembers that. I'm sure he was good for his time, but man, Terry Bradshaw definitely yeah. deserves to be one of the top QBs. If you're gonna talk about top one hundred players, Terry Bradshaw, not only a great quarterback, but I love the commentating. Oh, I mean that, for the, sure. the, the guy is hilarious. I mean, Dan Marino, I think you gotta put him on there for sure. John Elway you know, he didn't win until he retired. No, but he did. He did he was, not win. He was, he was in the Super Bowl in the 80s, though, wasn't he? He was. He yeah. was always the Steelers' nemesis for many, many years. <laughs> but, you know, John Elway, uh, you know, if you're John Elway or Drew Brees. Well, John I'd, Elway does have two Super Bowls. He does. But, I mean, if, if that's the measure, then Terry Bradshaw should be on this list he definitely, twice. No, he definitely should be. That's not um, something we disagree about. I mean, Terry Bradshaw definitely should be on that list for sure. Brett Favre is an interesting one. Uh, I mean, I love Brett yeah. Favre. Is he better than Aaron Rodgers, though? But he was so erratic. They both, they both have yeah. one, one Super Bowl each. He's um, just got more yards, more touchdowns. Well, he's been in, he played longer. Uh, Peyton Manning. I mean, oh, Peyton Manning for sure. Had Peyton, to call Peyton his Manning. own plays and he had to play quarterback. Peyton Manning. Unlike for sure. Tom Brady and unlike a lot of other guys out there. Uh, Joe Montana, I think, is pretty, pretty clear. Uh, Roger Staubach, also the most wealthy ex NFL player. <laughs> Uh, that exists on the face of the earth. He actually has more net worth than any any NFL player in the history of the game to this day. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Drew Brees should be in there. I think so. I think so. I mean, I think you probably you could extract. I think you could. I mean, if anybody. I mean, assuming we know something about Otto Graham, Sammy Baugh, uh, which I don't know anything about these people, uh, but I could see replacing some of these folks, John Elway with or Roger Staubach with Drew Brees for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's got the one championship, but he's, I mean, it's it's record after record after record yeah. after record. Yeah. Something is holding him back from getting another championship, but, you know, maybe they need, you know, some magic pixie dust or something down there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was an interesting list. Next week we'll talk about either the wide receivers or the running backs. There's some interesting folks on there as mm-hmm. well. Uh, but this was a, a big to-do in the NFL this season. I mean, a lot of Bill Belichick commentary. A lot of uh, former player commentary. Yeah, to get through the offseason. I wonder what they're going to talk about next season. Uh, you know, another list of 100 top 100 players. Top 100 kickers <laughs> for Franny? For me? Yeah, yeah. Why do I ever say anything You're trying positive? to bring back the kicking game yeah. into the XFL. Yeah, well, they finally got it out to the curb, <laughs> and you want to drag it back in the house. I would say a 40-yard extra point would be a good idea for them. A kicker? <laughs> a fucking kicker? I don't know who was it that said that. It was like uh, I can't remember uh, somebody kicker missed the even missed the point or extra point. They lost the game and the quarterback just laid into him. <laughs> uh, all right, we have some tag team news. A little bit of tag team news. Or is that uh, is that what's next up on the that's next big up board? On the big board band. The tag team news. Thirsting gold news. This is going to be and the reason for this is, Franny is a huge Eagle fan. I am uh, a huge Steeler fan, and Sonya is a huge Seahawk fan. So we try to keep our listeners up to date. Those of you who have tuned into the show. Uh, because you love the Steelers, love the Seahawks, or love the Eagles. His first story is very, very sad, uh, especially after watching on the heels of watching All or Nothing, uh, a couple episodes of that today. Nelson Aguilar is looking, the the Eagles are looking to move on from Nelson Aguilar. How do you feel about that, Franny? I mean, he's not worth a large cut. If If he wants to sign for, you know, maybe five mil a year, but he's going to be looking for about nine mil or 10 mil a year. And if there's a team out there that wants to sign him, go ahead and sign the guy. He, but he made, I mean, since he came into league, he hasn't had the best hands. And this year 
he really cost the Eagles a few games. I know, like I said, it's a team sport, but that 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 sideline throw against Atlanta, he really should have had that throw. That fumble against Detroit early in the season, that was inexplicable. I mean, this guy... Inexcusable! Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. And I mean... When you make those sorts of mistakes, I mean that—that's your one job is to catch the football. And if, you can't, one job. if you can't catch the ball, then you don't deserve nine and a half million or ten million a year. If there's another team out there for him that wants to sign him, you know, go ahead and sign him. But I don't—I I think the Eagles should really move on from Nelson Aguilar. He did win a Super Bowl with the Eagles. Congratulations! He'll always have that ring. We'll always have the memories. But it, it is time to move on. And and like you said, in in uh, all or nothing. He seems like he's he has a good attitude. He's a really yeah. nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But somebody else can have him. All right, fair <laughs> enough. I was in, I was interested to hear cuz Jeffrey, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are both question marks as well for the Philadelphia Eagles going in to next season. But there's a little bit of a feel good story here for the Philadelphia Eagles as well. The Eagles have added a couple of former players to their personnel department. Derek Sproles and Brent Selleck Derek were Sproles. both hired even though they just retired this past december uh these guys were hired as personnel consultants for the 2020 season and they will join past rusher connor brown who has been named a special consultant connor to barwin G- connor, connor barwin <laughs> who has been named as a special consultant to eagles gm howie roseman what do you think about one of your all-time favorite players yes. staying in the fold for the yeah, eagles? And, and i love that i love that keep it in the family darren sproles i love the guy uh, you know, Brent Selleck, my favorite Eagle of all time, Ben. Thank you for the jersey. You did buy me that for my birthday last year, and I still have it hanging up in my room. I see it every single day. Um, and uh, also Connor Barwin, a very good guy. I mean, all these guys are great human beings. Not that, you know, Aguilar is not, but, <laughs> but these guys had long, successful, not, well, Sprawl's not so long, but, uh, but, you know, Barwin had some good seasons and Brent Selleck put his entire career with the Eagles, you know, won a Super Bowl. But I'm very happy that the Eagles are, are, are keeping these guys in the family. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I really like both of these guys. I've heard them, you know, do long form interviews, uh, watch them for many, many years. And I, and I think this is a really good move for them, uh, to bring these guys in because they clearly know how to play the game and they're tough. They're both very, very, very tough players Mm -hmm. and they understand, uh, at least the, the one of the two most component, most important components of playing the, in the NFL. And that's toughness and a will to win. Mm -hmm. You know, the physical talent is what the physical talent is. But you need those two qualities, and both of these guys oh, yeah, definitely. have it over and over again. Uh, next up, we got a little bit of news for the Steelers. The Steelers are not going to even consider looking at a quarterback in this upcoming draft. Uh, according to Art Rooney II, he said he is still in the early stages of rehab. Uh, that's going to start a, start to ramp up soon. We're anxious to see his progress. As far as other positions, both Rooney and Mike Tomlin made it clear Mason Rudolph is the backup next season, and they will not be looking for a quarterback in the draft. Franny, I am extraordinarily disappointed to hear that. I know. So am I. That's pretty interesting. I mean, you you really have some issues in the quarterback position. You don't know how Roethlisberger is going to heal up from the injury, especially at his age. Uh, you know, you have Devlin Hodges. You have Mason Rudolph. I, it's, it's, you definitely need to look at a quarterback in the draft if you're the, if you're the Steelers. I mean, just, just even if, if it's fifth round or sixth round, or I'm not sure, you know, which round they have their picks in. Maybe not first round. We don't have a first round first pick. Round, okay, then good. Or a third round pick. <laughs> <laughs> even second round might be a little too early right now, but just, you know, a flyer pick out there. Just throw it out there. Just pick up a guy and see how well 
you know, he 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 can play and 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 I know it. That's, they're all that's or, pretty surprising. I didn't know that until until just now when you read that. Yeah, and this should be the all or nothing of next year. I mean, this is the fifth season of that show because the Steelers are. This is all or nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. they are putting all their eggs in the Ben Roethlisberger basket this coming year and probably the following year, but definitely this next year. If he is not healthy, mm-hmm. the season is over. Pretty much. It'll be another it's eight and eight probably. Yeah. And Bill Belichick, we've talked about it before. Bill Belichick has never had a bunch of draft picks. He's never done, a, I mean, Nikhil Harry, case in point, he has never done a really good job drafting players. He's never particularly cared much about the draft. He's traded guys away. He's stockpiled late round picks. He's gone out in free agency. There are much more creative ways to build your team than saying we don't draft quarterbacks when we have a quarterback. I, they have court, they have draft picks in the out years. They can trade some draft picks and, and move up and potentially take someone like Justin Herbert. Mm, they would have to trade a lot. They would, I mean, they would like have to trade a lot. Of teams but, interested in Herbert, but do but quarterbacks don't grow on trees. No, I mean no. the Bengals. I mean mate, the Bengals are not going to get number one pick. And the Bengals are going to take uh, Burrow out of LSU. But there are some interesting, you know, players down there in, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth in that area that might be looking to trade away their pick. And I think the Steelers to not even be considering a quarterback if somehow they fall into their lap, I think is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ben is, he's going to be, or he's 38 years old. He's still rehabbing. Mm-hmm. We don't even know. I mean, there's a little bit of a tidbit of a story about how well he's doing in his, re- in his rehab. But notwithstanding, I mean, don't you feel much better going into next season knowing that Carson Wentz is whatever he is, twenty-seven years old? I see young guy. No, obviously, yeah, of course. I mean, when you have a young quarterback uh, still under center, then yeah, it, your 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 expectations are a little bit higher than having you know a thirty-eight-year-old guy that's coming back from injury. You know, and so you it's saw always, the, it's nice. Even if he was like thirty-two, you'd still or thirty-three. And you saw the crap show that the Steelers were this year. Times, without yes. without yeah. Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they had a like, nice five or six game yeah. stretch there in the middle of the season, at the end of the season yeah, but too. When you lose to the Jets, and you know there was that game against the Bills that you know should have maybe won too. All definitely, but, you know, yeah. definitely should have won. Yeah. But, but Mason Rudolph is not. No, not the answer. He's not, not the answer. The answer. It's and you got Big Ben at the, at the tail end of the first round. There are quarterbacks potentially out there, but but to foreclose the possibility in its entirety, I know you got to sign. Or franchise Dupree, John, Javon Hargrave, Matt Filer, Mike Hilton, and Zach Banner are also free agents as well. But to foreclose this and say Mason Rudolph is our guy, I just think it's it's a little bit problematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Big Ben is allegedly, allegedly, uh, all signs are good at this point, according to Dale Lally of DK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, allegedly, Big Ben is progressing as expected in his rehab. So all signs are that he will be the Steelers starter in game one this year. Next up, we had a little bit of news from Miles Garrett, the helmet thrower in chief. Uh, he is doubling down Cleveland Browns defensive end. Miles Garrett again alleged that Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph used a racial slur toward him just prior to the brawl at the end of their November game. He called me the N word said Garrett. He called me a stupid N word Rudolph in return called Miles Garrett a flat-out lie. He said it's a bald-faced lie. Garrett's suspension was finally uh, six games, so he will start in game one. Mm -hmm. You know, regardless of, you know, whatever he said, there's still no evidence of it. 
They can't find anything on the video. They can't find anything I mean, how, on the audio. Microphones. They can't find anyone on the field that will. Yeah. So, do you think he did this just to? I think it's sort of a cop out. Just to I, I think it's a cop limit out. his suspension because they'd yeah, be afraid I, to give him a d- deeper suspension. I mean, what? Well, but it, it, it's pretty it's, intense. And now he's changing it. Before it was just the N word. Now it's a stupid N word. Yeah, yeah. So he's changing his story. But but that's the first time it, he said this. And and Mike Tomlin also. I mean, you know, Mike Tomlin. Uh, you know, the, he's almost robotic in his responses all the time. And in 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 and he himself is a thousand percent sure. I think he said I'm a thousand percent sure that uh, you know that my quarterback didn't say those things. And and I do believe Mike Tomlin. I mean, I don't believe for a second that Mason Rudolph will say any of that stuff, especially, you know, on the field with microphones everywhere on the field. Yeah. I and mean, players around it, it, with players around. I mean, you know, the, he, he, he plays with other players that are black. I mean, you know, the most, <laughs> the, the, the majority of his coach is yeah. also black. One of the few in the league. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe it for a, a second that, that Miles Garrett is, is telling the truth. I, you know, he, he's, he's, He's just he's just making this up. But I, it looks I like it worked. I mean, it looks like it worked. Maybe I, don't, the, I don't know if it, it's maybe it's, the league's a little bit afraid to give him a because I mean he did swing. I mean if he hit if he connected with the helmet, yeah, yeah. Who knows what kind of damage yeah. would have I mean, been for 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 Miles Garrett? I mean, he should have just come out and apologized and said, you know what, I made a mistake. Um, you mean he should have stuck with the <laughs> he should have stuck with the story that he presented at the, immediately at the end of that game? Exa- he didn't say exactly yeah. in the locker room afterward. He didn't yeah. mention anything. This came out days afterward uh, when he realized that his suspension might be a little bit longer than even he expected. But um, I, don't, I don't, and I also don't agree with him coming back and playing the first game of the season. I, I, I think they should suspend him for the first game and for the second game too. There should be eight games, half the season, and uh, you know they should really make an example out of this guy. I mean, to use somebody's equipment against them. You know, a helmet to to uh, you know to to use that as, as a weapon as, as a weapon against somebody else. I mean, you know, you do it in baseball, you do it in tennis with a racket or with a bat. I mean, you're it, out. It's, it's exactly it, you're out potentially for the season. So uh, Rosie's done over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a our, our little pup over here is uh, scratching, scratching, she, scratching. Yeah, <laughs> looks like she's uh, got a little bit of an itch here. So we apologize if you hear our scratching in the background. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Friday. What's next about the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our feel-good story. It is our feel-good story of the week. This is an ongoing segment we have where we try to bring, after following up, uh, you know, usually on the heels of a despicable story like Miles Garrett, we follow up with something nice. (laughs) And this week we have a story that is near and dear to Franny's heart, Malcolm Jenkins, long time Philadelphia Orlando Eagles. Orlando Skendrick's favorite player. Yes, is it? <laughs> no, no definitely not. <laughs> De- what am I missing? What story am I? Uh, am I- you'll get to it. I'll get and, to yeah. it. Uh, since his arrival to the Pittsburgh or Philadelphia Eagles in 2014, safety Malcolm Jenkins has become the quarterback of the defense, calling audibles and directing other players on the field. You may also remember Jenkins using handwritten cards to make statements on the NFL protests, gun violence, and social injustice. Throughout his career, Malcolm Jenkins has consistently used his platform to draw attention to injustice in underserved populations, recalled Jeffrey Lurie of the Philadelphia Eagles. This year, the Eagles nominated Jenkins for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, which recognizes... NFL players for outstanding community service, activities off the field, as well as excellence on the field. His Malcolm Jenkins Foundation has provided more than $130,000 in scholarships to college-bound seniors 
since 2012. In 2017, Jenkins orchestrated two days of meetings with NFL officials and politicians and lawmakers in Harrisburg, where he helped support bills related to criminal criminal justice reform, namely clean slate legislation. Also in 2017, Jenkins co-founded the Players Coalition, a public charity and advocacy organization to advance social justice and equity. Jenkins' advocacy also sparked the creation of the Eagles Social Justice Fund of the Philadelphia Foundation. The fund provides grants to Philadelphia organizations that reduce barriers to opportunity. In 2019, the fund provided $373,000 to 22 local nonprofit organizations. 2019 grantees included Community Legal Services, Center for Returning Citizens, and many, many others. What say you about Malcolm Jenkins doing good works in the Philadelphia area? I mean, he has been. He has area, been and doing, in a classy, classy way. Yeah, and, and, and he always has been his entire career in Philadelphia. He's always done these sorts of things. I'm not sure. I think he probably did the same thing when he played for the Saints as well. He, he's just, this is... A feel-good story, Ben. I'm glad you bring it up. And it's been a long time coming because Malcolm Jenkins has done a lot of good work. Yeah, he's done a lot of great things. And he does it in a, such a professional... And I'm sure you have multiple stories for other players coming up in the next few weeks. Too. I do, yeah. I do, I do. <laughs> I don't know if Franny's in love with my feel-good story. Yeah, I kind of I kind of tuned it because I was watching Rosie just kind of yeah, yeah, making Ro- sure that she was fine. Yeah, she, was, she was scratching herself and that's why I was stuttering, stuttering earlier uh, with the Mason Rudolph thing. But uh, it seems like you're dog is fine yeah yeah she's got a little bit of an itch (laughs) so thank you for bearing with us in our feel-good story ah it's so soothing (laughs) yeah he he just likes the music i do like the music it's great all right friday what's next up on the big board next up on the big board band we have some housekeeping yes we do thank you all so much all of our longtime listeners all of our new listeners this is thirst and gold podcast we are a show about football fun friends bourbon and beer reviews that is what we do here please head over to our website at thirstandgold.buzzsprout.com from there you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes You can check out all the show notes, get links to all the stories we cover, the booze, the beer, the reviews, the stories, the NFL stories, the NFL news, the feel-good story, and most importantly, from there, you can get links to all the podcatchers, Apple, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, whatever they're calling it now, CastBox, CastBox, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the podcatchers out there, Overcast as well. Uh, you can also leave us a review. Leave us a re- review on any platform you choose, but please leave us a five-star review if you would be so kind. You can also email us directly and ask a question or leave a comment about the show. You can call us directly and uh, leave a voicemail or ask a question that we would love to answer on the show. From there, you can get links also to Frane's amazing Instagram account. He posted some really, really nice pictures. Tonight, you can get a link to our Twitter account, as well, uh, Instagram is at Thirstand, and on Twitter, it's at Goal Thirst. So thank you all so much for listening to our show. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we'll talk a little bit about all or nothing Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles, hold tight, everybody. All right, and we are back, Ben, and uh, the show. We usually in the off season, last off season, we did talk about Better Call Saul. We also talked about 
Uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, the final terrible season. Chernobyl. <laughs> Chernobyl, also a, another uh, show we talked about. So, uh, you know, this year we're going to talk a little bit about uh, All or Nothing, Better Call Saul, is coming back next weekend. We'll talk about that as Can't well. Wait. That's the 23rd and the 24th. Uh, so I'm really excited about that coming back. But so we talked, we touched a little bit on uh, All or Nothing last week. Um, but you watched a couple of episodes. I did. And I'm about four episodes in now. How do you feel about the show so far, Ben? Uh, it is so much better than this last season. Actually, better than just about any season of Hard Knocks, as far as I could tell. Mm. I think it's a well, really well put together show. It crafts the players, the coaches, and also the local media personalities and the people in the city. All sort of it, it gives you a perspective from all of those different vantage points, mm-hmm. from coaches, from players, and from I mean, the, I mean the people. I mean the Philadelphia Eagles really. The people that live in that city really live and die by the Eagles. And so you get to see the, the local radio personalities, uh, you know, the talk show guys, as well as the, 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 the players and the, the fans. Um, I, I just, I really, I really, really, really enjoyed it. No, yeah. I mean, it, it's, I mean, the, um, the, you know, the different perspective, it really shows you, you know, what the players sort of go through and their, you know, snippets, their interviews that they have, you know, the, their, their daily life, um, you know, with the Dallas Goddard and yeah, yeah. Avante Maddox, you know, playing Nerf or whatever. I mean, that seems like something that you would do if you're, you know, a young guy making millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something that, you know, I, I, I believe that yeah, I yeah. would be in doing. a house big enough to do it in a house big enough to do it. Um, but you know, I, I love, I love the different perspective. Like I mentioned last week, you know, we, we were basically, you know, viewers were were watching the game from the sideline, but we don't see the players, we don't see the coaches, we don't hear from these guys. And in all or nothing, you really you hear from them and you hear from the media. Like you said, Ben, it's it's really nice to see how passionate the city is about the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, I feel right at home <laughs> watching, you know, all or nothing. And you know, if they did the Pittsburgh Steelers next year, oh, we're all or nothing it, next it, year for it, sure. That's pretty much what it is, yeah. But the opener, you know, like you know, it's the best team. Yeah. Best team yeah. in the history of the league. High expectations. Best team, you know, can't wait and to go to the Super Bowl. It's a foregone conclusion. You know, they have all the storefronts. And that's you what know. you were saying before the well, season. I, and I, I and I should have been right. I wasn't as high on the Eagles because you just never know in football with all the injuries. And this is exactly what happened this year. And early on in the season, you see how quickly these injuries started piling yeah. up. Yeah. And it, it was so nice to see Brandon Graham get his due. Yeah. Uh, because I've always, always really liked Brandon Graham. And to see him, you know, sort of questioning whether he was going to get his contract yep. uh, coming into the 2019 season, got his contract, was really happy to come back. But I mean, I think his perspective, I think, was really, really, it was really nice to see just a, a just a professional, awesome human being, an awesome player. Mm-hmm. Watching that strip sack again is always fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Tom Brady strip sack uh, reminded me how important it is to have cities like, I know we're going to, we'll talk about this next week, but uh, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Philadelphia, uh, Indi- you know, Indianapolis, how important it is to the league to have cities like that, especially like Philadelphia, have teams and not try to push so many teams into LA and Miami and, you mm-hmm. know, into other, into New York City. Because the, I mean, those are the, those are the core fans. That's what keeps, that's the lifeblood of the NFL, right? Not the casual fan, but the, the, the really live and die by the team fans. You know, people are going to watch the NFL regardless of where you live. But these teams mean so much to those smaller cities. Well, it Philadelphia re- is not that small, but but the fan base. I mean, you know, it's, they're 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 very passionate. I mean, you can really tell uh, from the way it's presented to us um, that you know 
the entire city is behind yeah. them. I mean, you know, they have the 76ers, they have the Flyers, but the Eagles are at the top of that oh, sort of sure. pyramid that they have. And, and sure. uh, I mean, that's the way I feel. You know, I, I and, and every time I watch it, you know, watching, you know, the first two episodes last week and I watched two last night. I just love watching those green helmets run out yeah. on the field. And, and uh, you know, I felt the same way. I mean, even watching, uh, and we'll get into the Dallas Cowboys game, <laughs> how disappointed the yeah. players were, how disappointed I was, how disappointed I was on the podcast that following yeah, yeah, week. Yeah. And they're just, you know, you know how the season sort of turned out, you know, like basically how it ended. Yeah, it's interesting now yeah. that I mean, you know the outcome, right? I yeah, mean, exactly. It, it was interesting to see the tone set early yeah. that would be a, come a th- become a theme Later on in the season, they had to come back and in the first game, they mm. were down big in the first game, had to come back and get the win with Jackson and Jeff. I think Jackson and Jeffrey had two TDs each yeah. in that first game. I mean, and they needed every they, little bit of it to oh, come yeah. back and win that game. Um, you know, Wentz suffered that nagging injury. Uh, I think Jeffrey and Jackson also went down in the game in the second game mm. of the season, but I think that's when Wentz got that jam, when he got his, his ribs jammed up pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was you know, the Atlanta game. Yeah, they had that big comeback in week two against Atlanta, but they lost because of that Julio Jones touchdown. Oh my God, I forgot all about that. I mean, they they came back. I think they were down ten nothing in that game or fourteen nothing. Well, they were in that down, game. but then also the Aguilar and, he, and that's the game where he that's where he dropped that the pass Aguilar along the left drop, along the left they, side they, line. They showed that uh, the uh, the former yeah, the, uh, the, the the former Philadelphia firefighter catching babies. And, yeah. you know, they had the whole interview and everything, and so you know, I'm sure everybody has heard that now. Um, but no, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great show, uh, the way it's presented, the way it's edited, you know, with the snippets, you know, with the music, even in the background for dramatic effect. It's such a crazy ass. I mean, Wentz's, Wentz's leadership had been questioned, I think going into last season. I think this show should put that to rest. I I think so. I don't think there's any question about his leadership and his, his desire to win. win. He really wants to win. And sometimes he wants to win too much and he puts his body in peril. I was just I I had forgotten about that huge loss to Detroit mm. in week three, losing to I think Detroit ended up winning three games or four games this season. Yeah, I mean they were actually good. They were, while, you know, while Matthew Stafford was playing. But I remember, but and then you follow that up with a huge win in Green Bay yep. against in Lambeau against mm-hmm. the Packers. That was a crazy with that a, was a crazy, crazy comeback. At the, I mean that was a back and, and forth. Maddox going down in that game and just hearing his audio yeah. on the turf when he's down. He's like, I got to get back up. I got to get back up. We got a minute to go. We got a minute to go. Like no, 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 no. You're not. Thing. You're not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but that for, I had forgotten about that game because that was a back and forth affair. That was a really exciting game. Mm-hmm. You guys were also down in that game. Yeah. Uh, but came back and I think there were a couple lead changes there at the end. Uh, but it, I mean, it was a really nice window into the game. You mentioned the, the personalities of the folks of, uh, who was it? It was Goddard and, and, and Maddox, and yeah. Maddox playing Nerf, but there was one other guy there in the house. Well, was was, I think it was Avante Maddox's brother. Oh, yeah. was it? And they're just chilling. Uh, you know, that, that Green Bay win. I mean, that was, that was amazing. The way that the defense played at the goal line twice in that game. Yep. Once yep. with the stop on fourth down and, and then, then the next with the interception after on fourth. The injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the injury. After the injury. I think Rasul Douglas took Avanti Maddox's place in that game and, and ultimately got the interception and, and the, I can't remember exactly who it was, but uh you know it, it, that was an exciting game, and so it kind of it kind of brings me back to the way I, I forgot I how felt, exciting you your know, games were early on. It, well yeah, I was also very disappointed in a lot of those games too. <laughs> well, that Julio Jones yeah. TD, watching that again was that was painful to watch. Yeah, that was tough to watch. That was tough to watch. But you know, and and, and you know the Aguilar, you know, 
basically catch and not even a fumble. I mean, he dropped the ball himself. So, I mean, yeah, nobody yeah, yeah. hit him to actually fumble the ball. He just basically caught it, turned around, took a few steps, and just dropped the ball. And that's why he doesn't deserve a new contract. But <laughs> you know, that among other things. But it's it it. I look forward. I mean, I'm really looking forward to watching the rest of these episodes. I yeah. mean, I know how it ends. Yeah, you yeah. know, I know how it ends. Make the playoffs lose. Well, I play against a dirty team in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I mean, it just goes to show. I mean, I don't think people really they view these guys like Antonio Brown and and Odell Beckham and some of these other clowns that are out there and they, and they forget that this is a lot of these this is their career this is right? the job this is and, and this a success in your job is no different than success in their job yeah. i mean their job is obviously quite different than mine and yours probably listening to the show although i'm hoping we have some nfl players listening to the show would be great except Aguilar. maybe you should yeah, yeah, don't listen to the show <laughs> Uh, but they really care. I mean, a lot yeah. of these guys really, really care. I mean, uh, uh, Brandon Graham really cares whether they win or lose. Yeah. The but it's game. nice, you know, because he 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 plays the game and he he plays, you know, with 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 reckless abandon and and I mean, undersized for his with, position with, with with tons of passion. And and when he's out there, I mean, he he he's. I mean, he, he's he's a great player. I mean, that's the kind of guy you need in a locker room. You know, he's an uplifting sort of guy. Even when you're you're down by ten or trailing by you know whatever fourteen or seventeen, you know he, he's that guy that's trying to lift up the team. But after you know everything is said and done on the field, he goes home to his kids. You know, and and so that's it's great to see that. I mean, you know, yeah, that's and his, his little daughter was singing the song yeah. about going to the Eagles show. Yeah, yeah, the Eagles show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's 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 that's something that as fans we forget that these guys are not robots. These guys are human beings, and you know, once you know that sixty minutes is up on the field, you know, they have a life beyond that, and that's something that we forget, and that's something that this uh, this show does a great job. Uh, of of showing all of us as fans, yeah, and and I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I yeah, think it's, I it's think... great. I mean, even like the last couple episodes, you know, have been fantastic, and it's easy to watch. I mean, even it's, it's you a know quick what, watch. How it's going to end? Forty five minutes for the first episode, I believe, but the rest of the episodes I think are about thirty to thirty five minutes long. So it's easy to get through, um, but it's really well done, really well edited. Um, and you sound like you're happy, Ben. I'm, I'm, oh I mean, yeah, I, take I, a note. NFL hard I'm an, knocks. I'm, I'm HBO's an Eagles fan. hard knocks. That, yeah, I'm an Eagles fan, so I mean, I have a biased opinion because it yeah. is a show on the Eagles this season. But you know, well, I mean, but it, look, you can't. It's not. I mean, it's really well put together. I mean, yeah. somehow hard knocks made Antonio Brown boring. <laughs> so I'm, that's how bad hard knocks was. You couldn't even make Antonio Brown interesting. And John Gruden, interesting. So take a note from Amazon. They are doing, I think NFL Films, Amazon sort of yeah, yeah. are doing a collaboration mm-hmm. on this. Uh, but actually, after this season, I'm going to go, I don't know if I'll watch the Arizona season, but yeah. I w- I'm going to go back and watch some some of the other seasons after yeah. we get through with this and, and if I can find some spare time to do that. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching the rest of this, even though, uh, even though I know how it ends. Yeah. And Amazon... The Steelers are definitely all or nothing <laughs> next year. Uh, and it could be a really ugly nothing portion of that if Ben Roethlisberger goes down. Never know. Ronnie, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our betting corner. Oh, yes. We are deep, deep, deep into the betting corner for the NFL. Uh, you know, I had an interesting, I'm trying to figure out a way. Yeah, have you bet on any of the games? I've not bet on any because I don't know how good the teams are. You None know, of I mean, us like do. Today, that's, the, that's the fun of it. Today you bet on Tampa. You don't yeah. know how good Tampa is. I don't know. Like there are people, you know, the New York Guardians or whatever they are. Nobody knows how good they are. It seems like they're pretty terrible. But you just don't know because it's so new and the players, the faces, you just they're not recognizable. Some of them. Yeah. So I did. I bet on Tampa Bay today, and that that I, I you know I thought they had a quarterback 
advantage in this game, which doesn't bode well necessarily uh, for my bets going in to tomorrow. Uh, but I mean, but there are definitely some interesting betting angles to take. I think that I bet the under in both of the games tomorrow because I'm, I'm interested to see if the unders all four of the unders hit last week i know they lowered the, yeah the points it seems down. like they did yeah they did lower the points down so i'm but i think i think these things tend to be uh sort of lagging indicators so they're they may be a little bit it may take them a little bit longer to catch up so i think there's an opportunity i bet both of the unders Tomorrow, I also bet on uh, the Dallas Renegades because I think they've got a quarterback advantage with Landry Jones. Uh, lots of NFL experience there and particularly good NFL experience playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I did take a little bit of a flyer on the Dallas Renegades. And I also I uh, like the way St. Louis played last week. I think St. Louis played pretty well. They were huge underdogs last week and they, they pulled it out. Uh, I took them. Uh, uh, I actually teased them with the over or the under in that game. Uh, so I took, uh, over. So I take, I, or actually, no, I took the Battle Hawks, teased them up to plus 13 in that game, 13 and a half. So the Battle Hawks plus 13 and a half. And I took the total to over. So I pushed the over down to 43. I actually think this is going to be a high, higher scoring game. So I bet the under on the line, but I also bet. I pushed it, teased it down to 43 with the teaser on the Battlehawks. So I think that's a little bit interesting. I think really no one has any idea how these games are going to go, uh, but it is something to bet on, and it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit fun. I, I'm not going to lie, uh, but I did lose today uh, <laughs> on, on on the Tampa Bay Vipers. Franny, what do you, uh, you have any thoughts uh, on the games tomorrow? I don't know. I mean, it's 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 tough to call, you know, these games over or under and and. I mean, I'm hoping that you know the Wildcats pull it off against uh, the Dallas. Re- was it the Renegades? The Dallas Renegades. Renegades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the only thing I'm hoping for because anything in Dallas, any team out there, I'm even the against. XFL, even the even XFL, the MLS, e- even I don't even know who they have the. They must have a team, right? I know they have the Houston Dynamo in Houston, but I don't know who does Dallas have anybody. I'm not sure. Uh I thought they did, uh, maybe but maybe they I'm do. wrong. Maybe, yeah, I'm maybe wrong. they do. Everything's bigger in Dallas. <laughs> Or everything's bigger in Texas? Is that what it is? Everything's bigger in Texas? Is it? Uh, yeah, so that's those are our picks, or my picks. And Your this, picks. Unless Franny wants to throw down uh, on the... Uh, not yet, not uh, yet. I don't, I don't know the teams well enough to uh, to throw out a parlay. But you know, Landry... Parlay. Actually, you should do four. You should do a four-game parlay every week. <laughs> yeah, right? You know, 10 bucks, four-game parlay. Yeah, it's just throwing 10 bucks into the wind. <laughs> yeah, but it, uh, it's, a price of a, it's a price of a nice scotch at the bar. Yeah. So you just have one less scotch next time we go out. It's a little bit more expensive for some nice scotch. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, well, we have our cognac taste test. Are we doing that? We're going to have to find out. We'll have to check with Sonia first. We'll have first. to check from uh, the, the, the most important member of our team who has not been on the show. I was on the show week before last, but not last week. So I would love her to sit down with us and sip on some cognacs and give us her honest and unbiased opinion. Yeah, for sure. So you're heading, we're heading into the drinking portion of the show. So we run have, we may or may not have our cognac taste test, but we'll also we'll have, right we'll also have our Russell's bourbon that we're going to taste as well as our Cronenborg. Uh, what is it? The 16, 1664, 1664 Blanc, uh, as well. So hold tight, everybody. All 
All right, Ben. It looks like Sonia said yes. I can't believe it. Looks like the ladies are leaving her party. Her little soiree is all yeah. done with. And so we will uh, do the cognac taste test. But before we do, before we transport ourselves to Paris for the cognac taste test, uh, our... Uh, cognacs for the evening. They're all moderately priced cognacs, the five that we do have. They're nothing, you know, crazy. You know, there's $100 bottles. There's easily $90 or $80 bottles of cognac that you can find on the shelves. But for us, you know, they're all within the range of, you know, a, a good bourbon or even a rye. You know, exactly. they're $30, 40 maybe $50. It's pushing it. But we have the Decorte, the ABK6 VSOP, Ooh. the Antonio Brown K6. Pass. <laughs> We have the Paulet oh, VSOP. We have the Adefusigny. It just says collection. I'm not sure if that's... I mean, I guess all cognacs have to be aged at least two years. So I think that one is at least two years. I'm not sure if it's VS or VSOP. And then we have the Martel Blue Swift, which was aged in bourbon casks. Also, that one, I'm not sure if it's uh, VS or VSOP. Uh, but basically, they're all French brandies but they were all made within the cognac region. That's why they're cognacs. But in general, you know, brandies are basically made from, you know, white grapes, which is, which is, uh, you know, different from, you know, our bourbons and rice and scotches that we drink. Absolutely. But it's brown and, and we drink. It browns. is indeed. All right, Franny, you want to go do this taste test? Let's do the taste test, Ben and uh, Sonia will partake. All right. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. We had our amazing taste test. And we have the French music in the background right now. And uh, Ben. That was a blast. That was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, you'll see the pictures if you uh, take a look at Ben's awesome Twitter or my mediocre Instagram. Yeah, right. you'll, you'll see that we really transported ourselves to Paris for this taste test. We uh, did, in fact. We we, we dressed up in um, stereotypical... Very stereotypical. <laughs> French. Pardon our French. Yeah. <laughs> stereotypical French uh, sort of clothing. Uh, we had the Eiffel Tower in the background. Um, but... Uh, yeah, we had berets. We, we had, had suspenders. Berets, we had suspenders. Every, uh, everything. The, the striped... Scarf. Uh, the scarf, the so striped check white t-shirt. So take a look. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we had definitely have a lot of fun with all the taste tests that we do. Um, we had the German uh, taste test as well, where we were dressed up in our Lederhosen. And uh, what else did we do? I think we, uh, that was the last one that we did, right? We were dressed up in our Lederhosen. So moving and forward. And we had the, uh, when did we wear the kilts? Oh, that for was our Scott, that the, was the Scotch taste test. That was the Scotch taste yeah, yeah, test. Yeah. I almost completely forgot about that, that one. Yeah, we had kilts for yeah. the Scotch taste test. <laughs> so we, we get into character when oh, we do a sure. taste test. So it's not just a taste test. We're you know taking part in the culture. I don't know if they're if 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 they're too happy about that because well, almost stereotypical. I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, we did the best that we could. Yeah. I mean, this was a really exciting taste test. I mean, we've done Scotch, we've done Bourbon, we've done Rye, we've done a couple different beers, the German beer taste test. We did a the Czech, Prosecco. Prosecco. Uh, so we try to get into character. We try to give ourselves <laughs> the mental, you know, the emotional and mental and psychological state of mind to really appreciate what it is that we are drinking. And we, this one, Franny is selling himself short. We had a backdrop from France. We had a cafe table. We had a tablecloth. We had mustache. We had mustaches <laughs> that we more or less taped on our face. <laughs> Uh, but we really, really got into this taste test, uh, and this is all credit to Frane. 
he went out and got all of this so please check it out on instagram and on twitter and i i for sure on twitter will run these videos uh over and over again for the next week or two credit credit to amazon for all of this stuff thank you jeff bezos uh but finally what were the contestants well, the contestants, once again, Ben, were uh, the Martel Blue Swift, the Ade Fusini Collection, or Collection, uh, where the Paulet VSOP, the ABK6 VSOP, VSOP, and the Decortier, I believe, also VSOP. So, you know, it, they're aged within, I believe, two and six years. Beautiful. I think the XOs are ten years, and I think they have a new designation now for... Um, like a six-year one that's called like the Napoleon. I don't know. It's like they have this whole other grading scale now. But uh, ours weren't, you know, over-the-top expensive. For right. sure, that's for sure. But Ben, were you surprised by the results of the uh, test? I mean, was there one that we tried in the past that you thought would be number one? Uh, well, I thought the Pole. I thought I would for sure rate the Pole first. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought maybe the ABK6 would be in my, you know, in my wheelhouse there a little bit, maybe in the top, you know, one, two, or three. Uh, but of those, of the five, those were the two that I expected to be there. Yeah. I hadn't, I didn't really remember that first one that we had. The uh, Decorte. The, the Decorte. That, was our, that was the first one, but all of these... No matter the price range, they're all highly rated. Oh, they're all very good cognacs, and they were all delicious. I think very diverse. We've we've, we've enjoyed all of the cognacs. We didn't really like all the bourbons and all the ryes, but definitely all the cognacs, all five of them that we have tried on the show, we've enjoyed every single one of oh, them. Oh yeah, oh and yeah. And this was a fun taste test. And coming in first place, actually, no, it's not with third. Ooh, was the Paule. Oh, the Paulet was yeah, number three. It, it was right. it was number three. At least the Paulet made the top three. It did make the top three. And number two, which I thought would be my number one, was the Martel Blue Swift. That's the one we sampled last week on the show. I thought it was delicious, and it definitely was, and it finished in our top three. No, it wasn't in my top three, sadly to sad to say. Uh maybe it was because it was too recent. But number one, Ben, the A B. K6. Uh, Antonio Brown Antonio signature Brown. cognac. <laughs> that's that's exactly what it is. Well, not really, but that's what it sounds like. The ABK6. I think that was. I think it's the lowest. Might be the lowest priced one on this list. It, it, I think it is. But um, highly rated from Total Wine, and uh, there's a reason for it. I mean, it, it just tasted the most complex. It was just yeah, different. I agree. I agree. It was in Sonia's top three. It was in my top three, your top three. Yeah. And so we all really enjoyed that one, so that was kind of a surprise, but a lot of fun. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it just goes to show, folks, you don't necessarily have to spend a ton of money to get quality booze. Uh, you know, we had, you know, the rye taste test. I can't remember what what it was that won that taste test. But it is not always the most expensive that wins the taste test. Mm-hmm. That is true. Uh, so in this case, it was one of the more lower-priced uh, offerings that we had on the table, and I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, and, they have higher-priced ones, too, but this was on the lower end. You know, I think it was around $30, $40, somewhere in that price range. And if you like a good cognac, I mean, these are five uh, cognacs Solid. that we can we can definitely recommend especially if you don't want to spend as Franny mentioned you know 100 150 200 dollars yeah. on a bottle if you can get so away with XOs yeah. get get up there in price really quickly but i'm um, really excited about this one i'm really excited about our next taste test whatever that may be mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. you know we're always having these I think tests it might be a bourbon i think we, we've collected a, a new maybe three or four bourbons that we've yeah. tried maybe add a fifth one to that and we'll do another bourbon taste test yeah and we definitely. have a fun one tonight we yes. have another bourbon to taste tonight we will do that 
Speaking of which, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up, oh, and congratulations to AB, ABK6, yes, by the way. <laughs> absolutely. And we'll be tweeting you out. Please retweet us. <laughs> and uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have our shot of the week. It is our Valentine's Day shot, and it is dubbed the Thirst and Tine shot. Ben thought it was a stupid name. Now that it's coming out of my mouth, maybe we should have named it something else. But this is Thirst and Goal podcast, so, you know. That's right up in our wheelhouse right there. Thurston Tyne, Thurston Goal, you know. Oh, for sure, yeah, for sure. And Sonia yeah. liked it, right? <laughs> well, she liked it. She liked it. And Sonia's usually pretty good at coming up with these names, but, you know, she was kind of uh, in the middle of, of having her little party, and so she didn't really care to <laughs> come up with a name. Oh, there's the, there's the oh, music. Oh, got to get the song in the background for the shot of the week. And so the shot of the week, it's a nice pink shot in honor of Valentine's Day, and it was concocted with vodka. Tito's Vodka in this case, uh, with a little bit of uh, peach schnapps and some ruby red from your childhood. Maybe you still drink it, but I remember drinking ruby red when I was a little kid. Yeah, you got to get your children to, to drink grapefruit juice somehow. <laughs> and if you drop that white grapefruit juice on the table, it is not appealing to anyone, but you throw that ruby red down oh, yeah. and maybe your kids will suck that down. A little bit of extra sugar as well. And on the rim of our shot glasses, there's a little bit of uh, pink colored sugar and also a heart for valentine's day it's a it's a cinnamon honey or cinnamon i don't, I don't know what the hell it is it's some sort of we'll cinnamon, find out cinnamon sugar it. or something but it's 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 like a gummy oh for of. sure yeah. for sure so you will be my valentine now that my wife is going yeah, to bed she's gone ben so happy valentine's happy day, valentine's day, to, you happy day valentine's to you day to all of our listeners out there yes and tom brady and giselle as well <laughs> uh, but seriously anyone out there that has a valentine and all of those that don't please have a happy valentine's day cheers ben here we go Oh, that's good. Oh, wow. It's got that alcohol flavor, a little bit of... A little sweet and sour. But a little sweet, too, with enough grapefruit juice to sort of take the edge off the mm. alcohol. And that harp. Ooh. The gummy harp. Is there cinnamon? All cinnamon. No honey in there. <laughs> no honey in there. Oh, my God. Mm. That was one of your better shots in the last few weeks, I think. That was really good. Mm. Right. Definitely better than the one I drank. The, 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 Probably the, shouldn't eat gummies on the podcast. No. <laughs> it was the... What was the one that, that was all rum? Oh, yeah. I, I think it was uh, the Kobe one. Yeah, you guys' shots was, I think were really good. Mine was uh, all rum with a little bit of food coloring. And that's kind of what it was because we were trying to get that, that purple for the, you know, the purple and gold. So, yeah, yours was pretty disgusting because it was, it was purple for my liver turning black and purple. <laughs> it was, it was, um, yeah, yours was pretty disgusting. Mine was good, but the black mambo one. That uh, was but Franny does this every single week, folks. Every single week, Franny concocts a new shot, uh, either from scratch, from a recommendation, or a different twist on a recommendation. Yeah. He does it every single week. Not an easy thing to do to come yeah. up with this a new one. This one was from Tipsy Bartender. And he always gives it's, credit. It, I mean, I got to give the guy, you know, he's a copywriter's dream. <laughs> you know, he always gives credit. Now, I mean, the, the guy that runs that website, I mean, he, he he's, I mean, there, there are probably thousands of cocktails on that website and they all look delicious. So, you know, we'll, we'll get through a lot of those. But Ben, I need to, I need to borrow the book back, the, the badass shot yeah, of yeah, book. The, so we're going to continue on with some of the shots, some of those recipes from, uh, from, you thought it was going to be a gag gift when you gave it to me on Christmas and all that. That was stuff. the intention. But I'm using it. All right. I'm using it. Yeah, I think we did the A-bomb. Was it last week? I think it was the last A-bomb. week we did the A-bomb. A-bomb. Of course, Valentine's Day this week, we had to do mm-hmm. a uh, you know a signature shot for Valentine's Day. I'm staring at the Jim Beam apple in the Jim Beam 
fire over there. We haven't touched it today. I've been very, very sad that neither one of us has said something nasty about anyone in our own divisions, either the NFC East or the AFC North. Uh, but maybe I can somehow trick Frane into saying something nasty about Dakota Prescott, who's still holding out on his contract. But I doubt it. All right, Frane, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our beverage of the week. This week, we have the Russell's Reserve Kentucky Straight Bourbon, aged 10 years, and it's 45% alcohol by content. Ben, I think you have some information for us. I do. This is the Russell's Reserve 10-year bourbon. This Kentucky straight bourbon is selected from barrels at least 10 years old by master distillers Jimmy and Eddie Russell of Wild Turkey Distillery. This small batch bourbon is bottled at 90 proof. Jimmy and Eddie's signatures are proudly displayed on each bottle. Uh, The tasting notes, uh, a nose of cinnamon, butter, roasted wood and vanilla, with a palate consisting of complex oaky sweetness alongside orange, dark chocolate, leather, and baking spices. The finish is long with oh-so-sweet maple and sugar notes. Uh, this is an interesting, interesting offering. I was really happy uh, when Frane mentioned that he was going to bring this one over. Uh, there's a there's a, a few different bourbons in the, in the Russell line from Wild Turkey that we're really interested in trying. Um... And this is indeed one of them, but this is this is an interesting, I think an interesting offering from Wild Turkey. I'm not sure that I've seen it on the shelf uh, quite often uh, in the places that I go, but this is this is something that I think may surprise us, especially from Wild Turkey. Mm-hmm. And it does have the signatures, like you said, right on the bottle. Uh, for Jimmy Russell and Eddie Russell. And this and is our 50th bourbon, at least, that we've tried on the show, least, give or take. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's up, up there. there. It's up there. It's up there. We've tried quite a few bourbons on the show, Ben, and uh, cheers. Let's give this a shot. All right, here we go. It smells really nice. I mean, the... It smells... has that woodiness to it, you know, with woodiness with a little bit of uh, citrusy notes. Hmm. Has a nice, nice bit of spices that hits you at the back of the throat. And oh, it I'm finishes, loving! I'm loving the nose on this. And it finishes nice and smooth as well. A little bit of honey. Oh, the nose is sweet, but there's a little bit of spice in there. Oh yeah, the spice is nice, but it's it's the right amount of spice. I like I like it's 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 not too harsh. It just kind of ooh, that's nice. Pinches the back of the throat. I definitely, I got the, I get a little bit of the butter. I get the vanilla. I mean, it's woody. There's, I mean, there's no doubt about that. There's a little bit of a woodiness in there. And there's a nice creamy finish to it oh, too. And I love a creamy bourbon. It's almost like a, like a buttery sort of creaminess at the finish. I mean, you get that spice and then that, that creaminess oh, right I mean, afterward. It's got that, I mean, right, right, right as you get it on your palate, it hits you with that spice, with that cinnamon, mm-hmm. with that, oh, it's really, really nice at the, on the, on the initial, the initial taste is really, really nice. Hmm. It's a good one. It's a good Again, one. Again, not a sponsorship. No, not a sponsorship. Just doing and, it out of the kindness of our own hearts. And me and Ben, of course, we're not professionals. So no, we're not, no, not, no, no. But, no. Uh, you know, we, we do enjoy our Browns. Ben 
has started to enjoy oh, the for Browns. Sure. I yeah, mean, I even know started. what a mash bill is now. <laughs> you know, I saw there was a uh, one of the one of the old forgers that we took had a sixty five percent rye in their mash bill. When I saw the thirteen percent, I did not expect this kind of spice coming out of it. It's good though. I mean, it's it's, it's but it doesn't. I, I mean, the only thing I would disagree with is I don't feel that long finish. Yeah, it's not a long. In fact, finish. I'm glad I don't because it, it it sort of it it tapers off nicely. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting just a a, a hint of the of the cinnamon, but definitely that that nice sort of peppery spice. Oh man, that um, spice is nice. A little bit of a little bit of the vanilla as well, but this is this is a well balanced. Um, bourbon, you know, it's it's it's. I don't want to say it's our best one that we've ever had on the show. Um, you know, some those the, some of those Balconis ones, those were really good. Um, but but this, this one, is, this, this one's is, pretty impressive. This I one's, mean, uh, you know, for around I forget what it was. It 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 wasn't more than forty. But I've been I've been really I mean I think Friday night both, especially me. I mean I've been really into the rise because the bourbons as as good as they were, they had the, a little bit of spice, they had a buttery smoothness, a even a caramel to some of them. But I really gravitated to the rise because they had that spice. They had that bite. There's something to you know, them. It's a little different. A little and it, different. Just the way that the the the, more complex, the complexity you know. of it hits your palate was more inviting to me. I mean, mm-hmm. a bourbon that that was that was really aged and really smooth. I also liked a lot. But this is one of the bourbons that you know I would put it up there with some of the rise that we've tasted that were probably in my top five, top. 10 mm-hmm. this is really really good i'm no, shocked is, by it, how good this is no it is it is it is actually uh better than i expected because usually at, at total wine you know when you grab something off the shelf there's sort of a rating there you know uh from whatever magazine um this one didn't have any i just you know grabbed it because uh you know i saw a lot of uh, the russell's you know reserve on instagram um this one i haven't seen before so that's why i i, I just grabbed it and you know I'm, I'm happy i did it's not you know it's it's not overpriced that's for sure and, it, and it's 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 good i mean it's it's nothing spectacular but definitely something that's sippable the distiller and, score is 92 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, average rating is three out of five mm-hmm. on distiller where would you rate it though ben uh i would give this hmm I would give this a seven. Yeah, I would also say I'd give this just about a seven. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Also, seven out of ten. Um, you know, it's not our best one, but it's it's definitely not our. You know, it's it's not anywhere close to being our worst one either no, that we've I mean, had on the show. It's, and but it's, I would it's I would drink drinkable. this anytime. In a, any and if I were in an airport where you can barely get anything yeah. unless you're in the club, the mm-hmm. Admirals <laughs> Club or whatever. If I were in an airport where the choice is. You know, Bullet or Maker's Mark or whatever the heck they have in there. I mean, they have pretty, yeah, right. you know, pretty oh, standard offerings. Better than that, for sure. But this is way better it's than that. It's more complex and, you know, it, it it's definitely something you can uh, you can sip on either with, you know, an ice cube or, uh, you know, neat and and you can enjoy it. I mean, I, lo- I, lo- I, mean, I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. And they also have a single barrel bourbon uh, that uh, has a similar mash bill. That's a 95 distiller score, and a but that but the average rating from from uh, people that have actually logged into the website and leave their own 
rating is pretty is close to what this is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I mean, I I I, w- I can't imagine a situation where I wouldn't drink this. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I could drink it at a party. I could drink it at a holiday. I could drink it with a cigar. I could drink it with on a podcast. On a podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 pretty good for 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 the price. It's really yeah, really good. Definitely, it is good. And uh, next week we have another Balconis. We have enjoyed um, the bourbon and the rye, and uh, we have the baby blue coming up next week, and that is a corn whiskey. And I don't know if we've had a corn whiskey not yet on the show just i had a yet, corn so. moonshine but i <laughs> prefer not to have that again so yeah we'll definitely give that a shot we've been happy with with everything that balconis has offered us so far so not offered us we you know went out and purchased it but <laughs> with their offerings for sure but we would be happy if they happy, happy to take <laughs> a free gift from any of the distillers that we review on the show and Franny <laughs> just gave me an idea what has that been we've tasted three this will be the third Balconis out of Texas, mm-hmm. probably near Dallas, Texas. Mm, Actually, yeah. Texas is huge; could yeah. be anywhere. <laughs> but um, we could potentially do a Balconis taste test if we, we had two more. We could. Do they make two more? Are there two more? We could get our cowboy hats on, some spurs. Oh, yeah. I'd fit right in there. <laughs> well, invite Mark Cuban up here. A nice, uh, a nice large belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I could probably get. A, I might have a belt. I have a belt that is ready for With a, a belt huge, buckle. huge buckle. Well, it, that yeah. wouldn't be a bad idea, in fact. Yeah, but nice. this is this is really good. Yeah, this is it's it's good. It's good. Uh, you know, definitely definitely enjoyed that. But you know, I'm excited about the Balconis uh, next week too. And for the record, Franny puts a lot of work into this. He doesn't just go into Total Wine and grab something off the shelf. He puts a lot of research and time into this. Sometimes I call him on a Saturday and he says, "Ben, I just can't talk to you. I am at Total Wine. I do that, not have time for you right now." That that's that. I have a list of things I need to buy, and one of those is an hour of time spent here trying to determine whether we're going to have a bourbon a scotch or a rye on the show and he puts a lot of thought into this so please give the man credit when you're on that instagram and on that twitter because i do not do the shopping for these that is for sure and it's very rare that we have an offering that we don't like yeah, and and uh you give me way too much credit ben i go in there and i you know mosey up and down the aisles and i grab something that looks interesting well, if it were but, me, I just I just go to Smart and Final and figure like what what, what do they have here? I'll get the Jim Beam. Yeah, I'll get the Jim Beam, the Jack Daniels, or the Maker's Mark, or the you know they don't have a big selection over there. I'll get the Jameson. Oh, Jameson. Uh, growing up in New York, I mean, I, yeah, I had a lot of Jameson growing up, and a lot of what's the Bushmills. Oh, Bushmills yeah. Irish. Uh, we haven't had a lot of Irish whiskeys on the show because they're not that great. <laughs> because they're not that great. They're, you know, they clearly don't watch Peaky Blinders. Yeah, but I mean, the, the Irish whiskey, I mean, every single Irish whiskey that I've I've ever tried, maybe I just haven't tried the really good ones, but they're not, they just have this that, that distinct sort of flavor to them that just, it doesn't keep you coming back for more. I just... I don't we, know. And we do have to have another Isla. We had that. We, we had, had that, another Isla pretty soon. We had that. We had that. Yeah, we, that's true. But we had that, that red breast. And, you know, it, a lot of people seem to like that red breast. It was a 10 or 12 year. I don't even know. I think it was a 12. Ooh, that. It, yeah, I don't think either one of us was crazy yeah, we weren't, yeah, I didn't about really, that one. I didn't care for that one. I mean, it was just, it was kind of soft and bland and didn't, it wasn't interesting. It, it wasn't very complex at all. That's, that's, it is interesting that, uh, well, maybe we should try... And the, like a Dewar's? I mean, 
we've well, doers is like that's why they call it doers and water because everybody drinks it with water, and it's not that good. Yeah, it's not. But that it's good. a nice drink if you're. And the Bushmills is also not that good. The yeah, proper number twelve. Oh, that proper number twelve was not particularly good. Or proper twelve. I don't know what it's like. A mixing. Called, I yeah. guess it's a mixing whiskey. Yeah, it's not, it's not, like a not, the Jack Daniels of Ireland. Definitely not nothing special. You know? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, they have the the red spot, green spot, yellow spot. I mean, you know, those are higher in price. But is it really worth it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, eventually we'll 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 try some more. But that's piece. why it's extraordinarily important that the United States remain a viable nation. <laughs> So that we could continue to make bourbon, if only, if only to make bourbon. You know, we have to just maintain that because we make the best bourbon in the world. And Frane always finds, in fact, I think all bourbons have to be made yeah, in the United I, States. I, I believe so. But because of that, I mean, you know, it's just really, really interesting that something like this came out of the United States in, in the quantities and the qualities that it comes out. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it, these are really, it's really good. good. And I did not. Definitely better than any Irish whiskey I've had. When I was a kid, I mean, wild turkey, I had a buddy that drank wild turkey, and he would get that near me, and I would just, I, my stomach would start convulsing. Just the, the smell of it would start my, 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 my gag reflex. And here I sit, you know, low these 30 years later, you know, drinking a different bourbon, you know, every week or every other week. And these things are really, really good. And this one, you know, seven out of 10, I think that's fair. I think it is. When we go to total, or when I go to total wine, which is rare. I mean, you see so many high ratings uh, among the shelf, and it, they can't all be that good. So, you know, these are these, this one is really good, and we try, 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 folks, to give you our honest, honest opinion. So most folks have not a this, professional opinion, but it's our honest opinion. Yeah, I mean, most folks have this about a nine. We're giving you. I think you were a seven. I was seven. a seven. Yeah, you know that's fair. And mm-hmm. we've had others that have been way up there. I think the the original Balconus Rye, I think, was 8 out of 10 or 9 out of 10 yeah, for so both I, of us. Those were really good. And the bourbon was also delicious. So, you know, give this a try. Reasonably priced bourbon mm-hmm. out of Kentucky. Really, really good offering. All right, finally, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our beer of the week. Also from France. It's like Cronenberg 1664. Yeah, it's all Blanc. France all the time Blanc. this week. It's all, it's it comes with a free Peugeot every six pack you get. They're trying to get rid of their Peugeots. Granted, you know there's a reason for that. It's uh, the only car less reliable than an Alfa Romeo. I think Renault might also Renault be might be up there, just as bad. You know, you have a country next door that makes pretty good cars. You know, maybe just import them. Uh, but we'll be right back with our beer taste test of the week. All right, and uh, we are back with our beer of the week from France. It's the Cronenberg 1664 Blanc. This is an interesting, interesting beer. And our keeping with the theme that we've had all night. Exactly. French. We had French bread. We had a French baguette. We had French <laughs> cognac. Well, this is the Cronenberg Blanc 1664. 1664 Blanc is an original wheat beer. It is different. It is a different fresh and fruity, fruity white beer, slightly bitter with hints of citrus and coriander spices. That seems way too complex <laughs> for a beer. 
with its modern and elegant blue bottle. Let me see. Um, well, it's, a, right. it's a can. It's a modern but, you know, and elegant blue can. The can's nice. Uh, 1664 Blanc is perfectly adapted to all moments of convivality, whatever that is. <laughs> I can't believe I don't know what that means. Convivality. But the category is a wit beer. The region is France. The alcohol by volume. What do you think it is? It's it's probably light. I mean, it's I'd say four point six. It is ooh, very close. Five percent. Uh, uh, the tasting notes are yeasty, fruity, citrus, and herbal. Uh, the food pairing food pairings for a beer. I love this cheese. Fresh and soft, as well as salads and greens. So pretty as, much everything. As we know, every man, every person, I shouldn't just say man, every person that drinks beer is always looking for something that goes well with salads and I'm greens. Look, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for a nice beer to go with my salad all the, the time. The suggested ben. glassware, only you would hear this only outside of the U.S., a snifter, a goblet, or a chalice. You know, I think a can, you can, or a you can could, is fine. Yeah, or you could chuck it in a pint glass or a can because it's a wheat beer. But uh, Friday, you want to give this? It's a like taste? vacuum wrapped yeah. in 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 plastic. Yeah. I mean, in in that can, that's it's a nice looking can. But I mean, I don't think you need to put it into an, like a fancy glass. Uh, but can you oh. smell it though, Ben? Can, I mean, I'm sure you can smell the sweet citrusy notes of oh, this I beer. I do smell it. It's, it's a sweet and citrusy. Overpowering. It's a little too much when I smell this beer. Definitely a little yeasty. Yeah, it has a little bit of a sourness to it, smells, but... Not getting the herbal notes. But cheers. Yeah, no no, no herbal notes. It's just really sweet and citrusy. It's like a very sweet orange. Almost like they, it, It's almost like they ripped off the Pabst Blue Ribbon can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Very, very... St- very standard sort of beer. I mean, it's 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 yeah, it's it's very light, not much carbonation. Um, well, I'm getting some carbonation in the can. Yeah, a little bit. Though. I mean, it's not like, but it tails off pretty fast. Yeah, and it's it's uh it's very citrusy. I mean, it's very citrusy, yeah. uh, very sweet um, for a beer. It um, is sweet. Floral, you get those floral sort of scents, but uh, I'm I'm not into sweet beers. Um, not that it's, it's easy to drink. I mean, it's, it's, you can definitely down these things on a very hot day and, and, uh, you know, be very comfortable doing that. I mean, cause it's, it's, it's like a hot weather sort of beer, but it it's is. not, I mean, uh, it's not my type of If you could cut beer. down a tad on the Citrusy, citrus, yeah. t- you know, sort of scale back a little bit on the weediness, you'd have a good solid beer right here. And, you know, the regular 1664 is not terrible, but this one is a, a little, little too weedy, a little too citrusy. Over, yeah, it's, it's a little too much. It, it, too much citrus coming through. I, I mean, mean that's, that's yeah. all I'm, I'm tasting. I mean, it's, it's just yeah. that, like the, the, like the, like the, at the back of the, I mean, you can still taste yeah. it. I mean, you sip it and it's just like it lingers in your mouth and too. just, it doesn't go away. A little bit of uh, police activity here. We we always record this ep- these episodes outside in the elements where football should be played and where podcasts should be recorded. Yeah, I mean, this, this is something that you could probably enjoy in the summertime, though. I mean, just on a hot day after mowing the lawn or something, you know. But yeah, just be a one or one or one off, two off. I mean, this, mm-hmm. this could get a little he- I, I mean, not heavy, but it could get a little sweet over yeah, if you drink too many of them. And it's like it's still lingering. Like I I stopped drinking it like. You know, thirty seconds ago, but I can still, I still. The, the finish it. is longer than the Russells. Way too long. 
Hmm. I'll have to drink some water to get that out of my mouth. Yeah, I mean, I, I would recommend it to someone who's at a festival or... Somebody that wants diabetes. <laughs> Someone that wants diabetes. It's, it's you know, like, so, you know, you're, you're looking for something to sip on for, for you know, it's too you don't want to drink that much, but mm. you don't really want a heavy beer. Not going, I'm not going to, yeah. if I see this on the shelf, I'm definitely not going to, you know, grab this stuff. Or if I see it at a restaurant, I'm like, hey, can I get the 1664 Blanc? Um, Comes in a four pack of pints. Yeah. Yeah. What do you uh, think, Ben? Like, where, where, where would you rate this beer? Uh, on our thirst and goal scale of zero. To 10, I would give this a 5. Yeah, I would say just, yeah, I would say maybe a 4 even, just because it's Ooh, overly... Is this the first beer below a 4? It's below over, a 5? No, I think you had one last, or a couple of weeks ago, was that uh, that Scotch Ale that you didn't like. You didn't enjoy that one. Oh, the ones that a rodent pooped out. Yeah, that one, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was like hog head or something. It was like rodent urine. It was a... Uh, I can't remember. It was a Scotch ale. Though. Yeah, but it wasn't that good. I mean, it was. I give it a five. You give it a four. And this one, I give it a four. Just, be, just because it's too sweet. It's too overly citrusy. You know, it doesn't. I mean, if it had maybe a little bit more carbonation, it'd be more enjoyable. But it's like really soft and almost like drinking a, like a juice. <laughs> like a juice. I, I mean, like it's, a it's, juice. It's way. It's too sweet. It's just too sweet for a beer. Beer shouldn't be this sweet. I agree. Unless. It's Vienna in the summertime. <laughs> what was that beer that we had over there in the summertime? Uh, well, I had the, I had the regular Otenkringer. Otenkringer. But you, that's had what the, it was. you had the Otenkringer. Uh, what was that beer? Because if someone can get it, I really like that beer. The regular in the version. Summer. The regular version of it, yes. But you had the. It was I, it was their actual citrusy version yeah, of yeah. the beer. Well, if you can find that, th- that accomplishes what this beer is trying to accomplish. Yeah. yeah, it's not doing it. Yeah, this one doesn't do it, but that beer. Does it? It's got the yeah. crispness. It's got the citrus. It's got the floral notes. And even this one, and it's, it's fresh. It's not even crisp. There's a slight bit of dryness. Maybe it's just because it's cold. I there's think a, it's crisp. Yeah, but there's a slight bit of dryness to it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the French should stop making beer. Yeah, and con- cars. Con- continue making cognac, but <laughs> stop making <laughs> stop making beer. All, All right, right. Franny. What's next? On the big board. Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our housekeeping. Uh, this tonight. is the most depressing and sad part of the show. It means the next show is seven days away. And that is, you know, just it's a very, very sad moment in both of our lives, I believe, <laughs> and Sonia's life as well. Uh, if she would ever get back on the podcast. Uh, it's not that sad, Ben. Come on. No, it's, not, it's pretty sad. We'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> All right. This is Thirsty Gold Podcast. This is a show about football, fun, friends, and beer and bourbon reviews. Please head over to our website at thirstygold.buzzsprout.com. From there, you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes. You can look and just peruse our show notes. And from there, you can get links to all the stories we cover and all the booze and the beer that we review. You get links to all the podcatchers out there, Spotify, Google Podcast, Overcast, CastBox. CastBox. And you can download and leave us a review. Please subscribe and leave us a review. You can email us, podcastthirstinggoal at gmail.com. You can call us as well. You can get a link to the or you get the, the phone number from our show notes. You can follow us on Twitter at Goal Thirst and on Franny's amazing Instagram 
at Thirstand. Please check out our photographs, videos, and all of the goodies and goodness that is out there. Frane, what would you like to tell our listeners before we... Thank you very much for listening, and we will get to the mailbag questions next week. Oh, we forgot the mailbag. <laughs> we did forget the mailbag. That is unfortunate. Uh, but we had a little bit of a lot of activity here yeah. this week. We had uh, Galentine's Day. Uh, Sonia was having a big party. We had the cognac taste test. So apologies, but we will get to our mailbag questions next week. So thank you all, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.